Well, well, look who decided to schlep on back for a visit to their pals at the old Soxcast Look Corral. who came crawling back. They came crawling. They always do. They always do. You done had a taste. You've tasted my goods. You want more. You can't, you can't not, you can't not live without it. How's it going, everybody? The fruit of the thyre tree. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Desired by all, plucked, plucked from the tree by all of our listeners. <laughs> you're, you're, you can't, you can't go without it now. You need those, da- you need those takes. Gotta have them, gotta have them. Day number two, the Soxcast Game of the Year Spectacular. And I gotta ask, is today Brett's dick? Because it's the big one. <laughs> hey we are counting, counting, counting down the top five games we each played this year, of course. Eh? And we are also going to go over the 12 whole months of listener lists as well. They're ooey, they're gooey, they're delicious. They'll be like a nice, pleasing panacea for your ears. And there's a few really thick ones in this batch. There's a... Oh, boy. Hope you like, uh, hope you like gigantic listener lists. A lot of people, uh, very good at following directions. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, that's too much, man! It's Red. Hey. Hey. My, number my two. My throat is starting to get a little sore already, which is scary. That's a good sign. Good sign. Good, good signs all around. I have soothing lemon tea. So yeah, I'm that's awesome. what you need. You need you need some honey water, right? That's yeah, the secret. Yeah, I should have done that on break. I'm dumb. Yeah. Well, we're locked in now, and the only way you're yep. getting out of this podcast <laughs> is like a literal, is you literally dying at the microphone is the only way you're allowed out. That's what the contract mm-hmm. says. I can't, I don't know what to yeah, tell you. I know. You signed it. I signed up for the hunter exam. Yeah. <laughs> To my immediate virtual left, you know him. He's all up in it like a booger. It's John Thayer. All up in it, and I'm gonna pick it. There you are, indeed you are, John. Are you gonna are are you gonna are you gonna pick five good video games? I hope that's what you're gonna pick. Great video games. All right, they're gonna be good though. They better be. They better be. You gotta bring your A game. You gotta bring your A game. So, Mm. all right. Well, it's the sus list of all of them. Well, enough dinking around. We've got a lot mm-hmm. of content to cover, and we, we and these lists are not getting any shorter, believe me. So we're going to start today with our good pal. He's an OG from the community. He's been around for a long time. Mr. Angry Ed! Buddy, please, 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 please clap. Woo! All right. So I, you're going to have to forgive us. We get tired. If you're We're listening, if you're listening you. to Polly read this, <laughs> cute. Uh, then that means I was too lazy to do my own voiceover. In either case, hi, it's Ed again. Wow, 2022 was a year. Noticing that sentiment a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, here's the game. <laughs> Number one, MLB the Show 22. Yeah, apparently I spent something ridiculous like 400 hours playing a baseball game on the Switch. I mean, I like baseball, but that's pretty crazy. So why 
Well, I guess it's because despite my myriad issues with spelling errors, the game felt really good. Which I guess makes sense, since Sony San Diego has been doing this for over 15 years now. It's also basically the only MLB simulation game in town. Having not played an MLB The Show game since MLB The Show 14, which was the only one I ever played, I enjoyed this a lot. Although I'm sure diehard fans of the series will probably find very little to very little to differentiate it from the previous games. Such is the fate of a yearly sports franchise. I did, however, really enjoy the deck-building aspects of the game, unlocking players both modern and past, complete with period-accurate trading card designs from the history of Topps Incorporated, including ones in styles I definitely remember even having back in the day and might even still be in my parents' attic somewhere. So yeah, fun game, fun nostalgia trip, and really good sound design. Now, if only I could actually do something with the hours of video I captured of it. Number two, Warhammer 40k Dark Side. In the grim darkness of the future, there is only cooperative looter shooters. I mean, war. <laughs> war is what I meant. Fat Shark's third game in the Tide series is Warhammer co-op Left for Dead Likes leaves behind the rodent-ravaged world of Warhammer fantasy and takes us into the 41st millennium. Instead of being a desperate group fighting rats, you're a desperate group of prisoners brought into service by the Inquisition to fight a chaos incursion in a massive hive city. I understood all that, by the way. <laughs> rather than rather than distinct characters, you now customize class archetypes, veteran guardsmen, fourth wall breaking psychers, zealous preachers, and hulking organs. Or, or ogrins? Ogrins? I think that's how you say that. Despite the loss of distinct characterization, there's enough going on between the classes as well as your various mission control characters for there to be some for there to be some much needed flavor and world building and reminders that the Imperium of Man is a terrible place to live. The game itself is, a, is fun and strikes an excellent balance between ranged and melee combat. However, there's still a lot of bugs at the time of this writing, which is kind of typical of Fat Shark. That said, I look forward to improvements of the game evolving over time, just as the two Vermintide games did. And finally, Destiny 2. What, another looter shooter that's also a fairly mainstream one? What happened to you, Ed? You used to be cool. Joke's on you, I was never cool. Yeah, I never thought I'd get into Destiny 2, but thanks to some friends, I fell into a vaguely ruined future and Bungie, <laughs> that Bungie presents us with, and then got swept up in a very good gameplay, mixing gunplay and spellcasting, which is probably what drew people to this game in the first place. Anyway, this epic tale of a sphere being menaced by tetrahedrons is also backed up by some good lore and strong characterization through voiceovers and cinematics. Even the various aliens that humanity faces off against are three-dimensional characters, not just the ones that ally with our heroes. And of course, loot. So much loot. So much that I'm getting burnt out on it even. But hopefully, the synthwave aesthetic of the new Nightfall expansion, as well as new powers next year, will abate that. Or it won't. We'll see. Yeah, these things got thick, huh? Thick boys. Holy crap! <laughs> Thank you, Ed, for those lo for that whole dump truck of words that you made me say. <laughs> Thank you, Rhett, for assigning me that whole dump you truck know, it, of words. See, it did say Polly reading this at the start, so I just felt I have to make oh, Polly read this I one know. now. I know. I was not going to edit it. 
I got locked into that one. Oh, yeah, Damn. you really did. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with the first of our picks, bringing it in to the second half. John, that's me. What's your number five? I know I said last year I wanted to play fewer <laughs> RPGs in 2022, and I did. They still get a little bit of rep on this list, though. So, like, here's one more RPG. Um, and this is another recency bias one uh-huh. before it gets slightly gets that recency bias penalty because I'm I'm not sure. I, I could I visualized the list where this was like number three or something. Oh, and I just was like, let's 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 keep it chill. Let's not shake things up like the day of. But my number five is Baldur's Gate. Mm. Had a feeling this one would be appearing. Yeah, I fucking love this game. Then tell! I could tell. I just played it nonstop for like two to three weeks, and then I took a little bit of a break, and then I finished it up, and it fucking ruled. And you finished it like three days ago or something? Mm-hmm. It's it's just good as hell. It's So I, I played Coder a couple years ago, Knights of the Old Republic, and uh, several years ago, and it was like my... Maybe my first, like, first or second, like, Western RPG, ass Western RPG that I played to completion. Um, and I had, like, a hate, I, I, I kind of hated it <laughs> for a chunk because I got to, like, Tatooine and then got stuck and I couldn't figure out how to put, do the fighting. And I, could, and I got stuck on a boss and lost, like, two hours of progress because I saved right before the boss and you couldn't get out. So I was so mad at it, and I was like, fuck this game. I came back to it like five months later and figured figure out, oh, I can just pause and make figure out what I want my characters to do <laughs> instead of just mashing them into each other. <laughs> um, so Baldur's Gate is where a lot of a lot of coder stuff comes from. The combat system is the same, and the story is pretty much the same oh geez <laughs> like coder is like very basic star wars and then one twist and then i played baldur's gate and then the one twist was in baldur's gate and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so doesn't speak too great there um this is just like I, I i loaded up coder and i was just i loaded up baldur's gate and i was like i just want pure strain fantasy D bullshit mm-hmm. i want to be in a sewer killing rats that level one i want to do quests i want to talk to people i want people to give portentous proper nouns and i want to hear about cities far off and i want this is what i want i want exactly this and Baldur's gate delivers this is it's forgotten realms it's like the biggest D setting yeah so like drit stewart <laughs> shows up like all these big D characters like we'll have these little cameos um all these locations that are big in the lore, all these monsters. Um, but the story itself still stands very nicely on its own, I think. Um, it's extremely in the background. I started this almost immediately after uh, a Trails game. So I was just like, this is all I, I just want. Open world. I, I, I like the open-ended structure. I don't want a bunch of fucking story. <laughs> in the way i don't want to get to know and love all these characters and i don't even need a i don't even need to cry at the end i don't even want that i don't want the ret game i want to play an rpg sure. i want an rpg as rpg uh and this is just that like all the characters are really like thinly sketched basically uh, i i, I lo- loved a lot of them but every single character outside the first one is optional 
Oh, like wow. everybody you choose to, if you want to take them along, mm-hmm. um, there's no like, like they all have side quests. They all have little character beats. Um, the side quest, like that you can go do. And I, I really liked a lot of them. Um, but really you're just playing this game and you're just fucking exploring the sword coast. It's going to all these maps. You're on covering fog of war you run into an enemy that instantly petrifies you and you think i should come back here later when i have a way to stop from being instantly petrified and then you do and then you get a bunch of xp and it feels great you get treasure you get slowly gets stronger the mo- the enemies are like slowly getting more and more afraid of you because you start off as level one nobody and you just keep you get accumulate friends you can accumulate magic weapons you get level up and then the whole arc of the game is just this broad conspiracy is happening around you and you're like one tiny part of it. And then you just progressively make yourself more and more of a problem for the people doing <laughs> this conspiracy until at the very, by the end of the game, they're fucking terrified of you. Um, and you're like chasing the bad guy da- down actively into like this underground lair. Um, the, the very last fight, it's just like so exactly not a jrpg climax because you go into the room and you don't you're fighting a guy and instead of him like turning into a big second form you're just fighting a guy and then he has three friends that show up and also there's enemies that can spawn around the corner unless you do like this keep special thing to keep them from spawning and there's a bunch of traps in the middle of the room that you can maneuver around or disarm it's like all mechanics from the rest it's you're fighting people that have the same tool set as you do Instead of fighting God. Yeah, this is literally how <laughs> like a D campaign would go. Yeah. It's it it's that. Um it's just like I see I, I didn't cry at the end, was just like oh cool. I was a that was a cool climax. I had it. Don throwing they, knives here. They did they did some cool stuff there. Um I mean this is the most like anti ret pick, I think. <laughs> God. Um because I, I had the similar experience as you, I think, where I was diving through a bunch of games like that, and I was mm-hmm. at a point where I'm like, I need a break from this. I just want to, I want something that, it's not like the build-up to the big catharsis, but more mm-hmm. just like, I'm in the moment having a lot of fun, and I want this specific style of fun. I love the cool. Infinity Engine, I love all the D&D stats, um, I, I love the fight, I love that the fighting takes place on the same maps you're exploring. I just fucking love everything about how this game came together. Mm-hmm. I just had a blast with it. And and they let the second one, people like it even more. It's like twice as long. <laughs> the second one is like one of the most beloved RPGs ever. This is like the, the homework one you play first. I'm these Bioware folks, man, they're going places. How are they doing these days? <laughs> they went and they came back. <laughs> these Bioware folks, I, they might do. They they might amount to something someday if they stick with these it. These Bioware people, they might be going someplace. I, I keep an eye on the on the this crew, y'all. Um, <laughs> fuck, I got really jazzed about that one. That's my number five. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of sounded like a number three to me. I feel like it feels like it could be a number three. Yeah, but I, again, number I'd three make, energy. It maybe had number three energy, but again, I just finished it. And like Rhett, I was like, yeah, it was, it, it was literally like right before the podcast. It was like, do I bump this up like two mm-hmm. spots? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I, and I just stuck with what I had. But still, I, I put it at my number five when I drafted the list two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I love this so much. I'm certain this this feels right. And then I finished the game just to like 
double check. <laughs> cool, so, cool. next. Retton. I do believe you got a listener list for us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is someone I'm not familiar with. The name came in as McNaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, snake this person. list. Irish snake uh, person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this list was also destined to be read by me, like the last one was Polly's. <laughs> I see you guys talking about anime all the time, so I hope this will be okay. Oh! That's right, folks. This is a top three anime list. Let's go! <laughs> Number Woo. three. Welcome to Demon School Irumakun. I've never heard of this. I originally didn't want, want to watch this when it came out. The main character looked too much like the annoying green brat from My Hero Academia. Ugh. Biggest mistake I made because this show is amazing. Sure, it's a kid's show, but that it's still awesome and feels extremely nostalgic for someone who grew up on old Cartoon Network series. Highly recommend this one. Number two, Odd Taxi. What a compelling mystery story. I can't stop thinking that a walrus was the best character, was a better character than any <laughs> series that aired this year. And he's not only the good character out of this show, too. You got the cool karate nurse, the rapping porcupine, and so many other awesome characters. And they all have different dynamics that the writing just feels sharp. The dialogue gets an A+. Number one, Kaguya-sama. Oh, okay. Fuck Every yeah! Good taste, e friends. Everyone knows this one. Everyone has talked about it. this one to death. It's freaking love is war. Do I need to say any more? Very nice. All, all right, Polly. Right. Is it time for me to drop a number five? Well, give us I, your upper half. I can give you the first of the upper half. Oh, um, yeah. This is a game that I'm pretty sure has appeared on this show before, but in a different form. I know that it's been talked about quite a bit, but uh, let's mm. try uh, something else a little different. This, uh, my number five is Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Oh. How about that? An oldie coming back and, and making the show again somehow. How amazing is that? Uh, so that original game, I think that original game was great. And when you revisit a game like that years later, I think that there's this fear, especially when we consider what that game turns out to be and what the nature of everything is and the meta layer uh, mm -hmm. and everything it's just like is that stuff gonna hit again because you already know like you know the trick right like five yeah. years later the bits you know like you you, you know that you, you know what it's doing but um i can safely say that with that main story uh five years later the bits that hit really good that first time still hit pretty hard yes uh that ending theme oh my god it still digs into my heart Mm -hmm. Um, God, I even get choked up thinking about it. Um, so, so like, I was just happy enough. It was like, okay, well, I've got DDLC on on my Switch, I guess that's cool. Now, what are these side stories? Because I went into the side stories expecting that, like, okay, they're side stories. There's little omake um, stories where it's probably just going to be silly and you know, a bunch of you know throwaway stories and like they do it all the time with with re-releases of japanese media and stuff where you know especially like in yeah. manga and stuff like that where they you know side chapters and stuff uh but the side stories are why you play this game uh mm -hmm. they, they, and they are why this game is this high on the list they are so heartfelt and emotional and real um i feel like this 
I feel like these side stories were written because Dan Salvato, like, saw how people gravitated to these characters and, and how much people genuinely loved them. And I think that he, as a creator, wanted to see them to wanted to see them and wanted the audience to continue to see them as more than just fodder for a horror story. Um, and he wanted them to feel something like more warm uh, and human. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the side stories handle a lot of very nuanced social and mental uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that it handles them with these characters feels very informed. Uh, it's with a very gentle hand, but it's also very honest about like what these things are and like, you know, like why people feel this way and, and, and how you can be of you know some kind of assistance or be like, an, you know, a, a positive light in somebody's life who's dealing with something like this. And like every character gets a moment like that where we kind of come to understand like what's the thing that's just like really a problem for them and they have all of these very sweet warm moments together um and 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 it's all kind of cased in this sort of story where uh the guy doesn't exist you as the player do not exist in this story and the side story so surprise surprise when you take the guy out things don't Mm -hmm. go bad (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh it's about the formation of the literature club and and how like monica gets the idea to put it together and how like nobody's really showing up for a girl and, and like sayori kind of shows up and 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 like one of my favorite moments of the year uh as well and this was like the first game i played of the new year by the way uh, yeah. But one of my favorite moments is 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 Monica's having this moment where she's like she like I, I I'm starting a literature club but I don't know how to like open up and express myself like how do people do that I I don't oh. know if I can do that mm. and like you know, I don't know if I can connect to people like that and and like Sayori just like like she takes a piece of paper and writes something down and then they they bring it up on the screen like they do during the main game with the poems and all it says is sometimes i want to die and it's this oh. it's this moment that brings these two characters together because her doing that like she's doing that to try and give monica the gift of being able to express yourself even if it's in this raw form um, and they build on that, like she elaborates for Monica, like what this means, like what this depression feels like, how it dogs her, and how sometimes she can be okay um and that's just sort of one of the ways that this story plays with that uh idea of like looking at these various mental illnesses and social stigmas, and it 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 writes a very warm and compassionate and caring story uh with all of them like they were all like like every single one of them like i had to like take like an hour or so and just be like okay i need a moment because i i i saw so much of myself in a lot of these stories and it just felt like this huge impression that stuck with me all year, especially that Sayori moment where it's just like, oh my god. And I think it's like the one time in the side stories where they actually use the poetry thing, and it's just like meant to convey this very 
like raw and emotional scene and it's just like man if if you can absolutely like if you liked those characters if you liked that story like you owe it to yourself to try and check out these side stories because they really really do pack quite a punch and they're so well written they're believable it doesn't try to put you know nobody comes out the other side just like oh like well you talked about your problems so you don't have it anymore you know it's explained like no Mm -hmm. like i will always be like this this is just me and it's you know learning to understand and accept your friends for the way they are and to help them in ways that you can and it just feels like such a a a 180 from the the ending of that original game and like the the note that that one ends on you know it's very purposeful it's it's meant to evoke an emotion obviously um and the way that this kind of re-examines that um and puts a different face to like what the literature club means and 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 lets these girls be something more human uh and relatable just an amazing amazing piece cool i i really like that kind of mode of um i feel like you see it a lot in like games and like a lot of japanese games especially like the the very punchy first thing and then let's do this the side thing that kind of explores a bunch of these characters and like smaller stories and whatnot and i just think that's so cool i think it's such a positive impulse i think i guess creatively we did that with afterward really yeah, I think did. it's a very similar. It's a very similar. I mean, we're. I mean, we are geniuses. I've after <laughs> all. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah. DDLC plus. Like, I think it's absolutely worth the buy. Like, it's like I think it's like fifteen bucks or something. Um, it'll probably that it's a that this looks like it was a success. Like a sixteen thousand reviews positive reviews on steam so people people yeah like they gave that game away the first time they gave that game away the first time and just like floated on merch sales so like taking money for plus to me like wasn't even a thing it was like i just saw it on the switch and was just like you're kidding me you already earned this from me yeah you've earned it like i picked i got i got the fucking cool little physical edition for like 20 bucks it's really cool that's so nice yeah Yeah. on on steam the new one has sixteen thousand reviews that is crazy yeah like that, I think that's cool. Like that, that fan base kind of really stuck around, and 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 like they they showed up when you know you wanted to do something a little different, and I think that's very cool. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that rules. It's good. Hell yeah, John. Do you have a listener list? I sure do, and that listener list is from Adamine three six Adamine six three four. Hey Frank, let's read your list. <laughs> you're, very long, uh, you're very long you're very long gigantic nah. list <laughs> let's go for it <clears throat> number three 13 sentinels aegis rim Woo! i started playing 13 sentinels in spring of 2021 and i stopped because i was barred from the story i was invested in by the real-time strategy sections <laughs> i had no investment in this september after diving deeper into the narrative and bumping up the difficulty i went into the final battle screaming let's go let's fucking go oh it's so good yeah, it, yeah that's how i went into that final battle too <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea of like 
not being invested in the play, so turning up the difficulty. And that yeah. Being honestly, yeah, because we played it on yeah, we played it on hard. Too. Yeah, we've all I think we've all done that lately. Thirteen Sentinels may not do anything terribly new in the realm of sci- sci-fi, but what makes it one of the best science fiction stories I've engaged with is how it mixes all these genre concepts into a single package. If science fiction is about asking questions about ourselves and our future, Thirteen Sentinels is, is a phenomenal piece of sci-fi that will leave you drowning in the implications the ending leaves you. Besides being one of the most unique and well-executed genre hybrids I've ever seen, with the most interesting implementation of non-linear narrative design I've seen next to Fallout New Vegas, 13 Sentinels proved to be the piece of media that helped me claim and accept myself as queer. That's really nice. Yeah! The game's got some good queer characters. Awesome. Number two, Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. I beat Outer Wilds in 2019 and already thought it was one of the best puzzle exploration games I've, I've played, but I didn't expect or fully understand its ending and the direction it took in its narrative. After playing its expansion, Echoes of the Eye, and replaying the main game, I understood what the ending was trying to convey and realized this is absolutely one of the best games ever made. It is by far the most beautiful marriage of exploration-focused gameplay and puzzle design I've seen, with the final puzzles in Echoes of the Eye leading to some of the most memorable eureka moments I've had in a puzzle game. Outer Wilds stands out as an open-world game because it's fully about exploration and puzzles with no clutter for you to collect and craft focusing on archaeological discovery in a puzzle box dungeon the size of the solar system. What makes Outer Wilds a true goat is its creative mastery of freeform gameplay is met by a weighty, strikingly bleak narrative that defiantly clings to the warmth and value of wonder, curiosity, and experience. There's an emotional depth to Outer Wilds and a message about coping with a dark and uncaring universe that I couldn't see the first time, but Echoes of the Eye opened my eyes to a heartfelt message that caused me to well up upon reflection. Its narrative message tied directly into its mechanical design. That is what makes it special. That is what makes Outer Wilds the best of them. And number one, Disco Elysium. If Disco Elysium isn't the best game I've played, it is by far the most well-written. Its political awareness is beyond anything I've seen in the game. It features the most hard-hitting depiction of mental illness and substance abuse I've seen in the medium. And your RPG stats are your party members who talk to you throughout the experience. That's really cool. <laughs> Disco Elysium is one of the most truly impressive accomplishments I've seen in the game, both narratively and as an RPG. But the most special thing I took from this game is its internal dialogue system. There was a little nugget of wisdom I saw on Tumblr years ago that still sticks with me to this day. Your thoughts are who you could be, but how you act on them is who you are. Disco Elysium is the story of a broken man burdened by a constant barrage of thoughts and cravings, eating his mind and how you choose to act on them. I consider self-reflection to be the most valuable benefit a role-playing experience can give you, and Disco Elysium is tailor-made to help you discover yourself in the political quagmire of the tiny quarter of Martinez, located on the northern edge of the ja- district of Jamrock, set in the historic city of failure, Revachal. What I find found in this ugly and beautiful duality of a world was an affirmation of my own political spirit. I leave this quote delivered by everyone's favorite RPG companion, Kim Kitsuragi. Every school of thought and government has failed in this city, but I love it nonetheless. It belongs to me as much as it belongs to you. Mm. And then the true goat (laughs) is how I interpret this is number five, Norco. All right. All I needed from Norco was to be a good game set in Louisiana. What I got was a great game about Louisiana. Norco is a Southern Gothic point-and-click adventure game about a woman returning to Norco, Louisiana to find her brother after the death of their mother. What follows is an absurd, surrealist journey inspired by the post-truth era of COVID through a sci-fi dystopian Louisiana that looked uncomfortably similar to my own. Norco's pixelar vision of Louisiana looks barely different than it does today, which drives home how close these political, social, environmental issues are to us now and how fleeting my home is. Much of Southern Louisiana will not stand the test 
test of time due to climate change and industrial gutting. And I'm sad to say I'll likely see a lot of it happen within my lifetime. I love Louisiana. I feel truly blessed to have been born in a place that is not only culturally rich, but one where I'm able to see the natural beauty in its sea of trees, with New Orleans in particular being my favorite place in the world. Norco is a loving tribute and memorial to Southern Louisiana in video game four and that video game form. And that is something I'll be eternally grateful for. Of all the games I listed here today, I hope everyone listening to this takes a special look at Norco. I had a couple multiple friends who really, really yeah, this, yeah. I, I, like when I had Game Pass, I installed it, but I forgot to fucking play it. Oops, <laughs> Oops. it looks really. And cool. I did that like one dollar for three months thing, and I just fucking forgot. Like when I looked at my, oh. I looked at like what's eating up all this data on my computer at the moment. Oh, I still had Norco installed, and I can't play it now because my Game Pass ran out. Oopsie doopsie. Oopsie poopsie. This Disco Elysium sound game sounds cool. Have y'all heard of this one? I think it no, might I go swear somewhere. I didn't do that on purpose. The lists were pretty <laughs> random this year. Yeah. <laughs> this I, one you just got because it was long, not because yeah. Disco Elysium yeah. was on it. We, just knew, we knew you could knock that one out. All oh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm an expert reader. Uh, thank trooper. you for the list, Frank. Rhett, what's your number five? Okay, so my list so far has been... <laughs> A Japanese RPG, a Japanese adventure game, visual novels, more adventure games, RPGs, and pretty, you know, boom, 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 one Yeah, you're, you're running down. How about, how about for once, I swerve a little bit. All right. Oh. I'm up for a swerve. <laughs> Here's the soul swerve. Uh, my number five is Half-Life Alex. Oh, <laughs> Wow. So I finished this at the end of January, and it was like the game of the year at that point. Obviously, oh, well, was the first yeah. big like holy shit, just like DDLC, huh? When it, the DDLC Plus yeah. game of the year, it's like okay, this is the front runner right now. Cool, this game's fucking wild. It's so, it's so hard to compare to all the others because the others are you know these big narrative adventures, and this one is just like, hey, what if you physically existed inside of Half Life Two? Yeah, this one's VR. Yeah, it's it's the VR exclusive Half Life game that like nobody talked about because it's a VR game. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, you know that Valve like made a full length new Half Life game, and nobody really talks about it. And it's really good. But it's the main thing I've thought like as I've kind of been sorting my thoughts on the games in preparation for this. This one is so hard to compare because it's not really about the story. It's about the experience of playing it. And I wanted to go back and again, didn't really have enough time to replay it, but it's the game like that I most want to replay. Mm. But when, when I was thinking back to it, instead of like, this was a really good story I read, it was, this feels like a dream that I had. Oh. <laughs> cool. Playing VR games is just so physically like... It's much more physical. It's much more literal. Mm-hmm. It's so different to compare. Where like, again, like thinking of moments of like getting way too close to a combine trooper and then shooting him in the head. <laughs> like it feels like a weird fucked up dream I had. Or like swinging, you know, a weapon. I forget if the melee weapon in in this is a crowbar. I don't think it is, but I'm not sure. But like swinging melee weapons at crabs as they jump at you, or like. Oh, there's a room in this game that's like a bunch of those really spindly poisonous spiders. Oh god, no, <laughs> those. It's just like every fucker from Half-Life 2 is in here and a bunch of new stuff. There's a whole like antlion section in the zoo that's 
fucking scary. And because those fuckers, they rush you so bad. Oh in this. god, aliens were fucking <laughs> creepy in the fucking Half Life Two originally. Yeah. So. Now imagine they run up to you and they're like as tall as you. Oh, it's god. scary. This it is really scary. <laughs> There's a section, I forget, it's the name of the section is just like a, a one word name, mm -hmm. like Ed or something. I don't think it's actually Ed, but it might be. <laughs> but it's like, it's just this unkillable monster that chases you the whole time. It's oh, extremely good. scary. And then, as a lot of games on my list tend to do, it goes real, it goes real, real big. big at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how at the end of Half-Life 2, you get the super gravity gun? Yeah. They do something similar to that in this. But, like, it's not literally the gravity gun again. Mm -hmm. But it is a... You get a very strong weapon that makes sense for VR. Mm -hmm. And you just go ham again. Nice. Good. And it's just this crazy fusion of physically, like... Because you're basically, like, kind of you're throwing grenades at enemies. Yeah. So you're just, like, flinging your arms out, destroying Combine soldiers, and then... Insane ending, you know, G-Man up to his shenanigans once again. Of course. And then and then a Half-Life 3 teaser at the end. Oh, fucking goddamn. Because God, that's of course. That's the so ending is a, the ending is another cliffhanger. Fuck off, Val. And now we're 2 years later and have heard absolutely nothing. 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 Guys, why didn't Half-Life Alex do as well as we thought it might? Uh-oh. Well, it did come out March 2020, which was rough. That's a pretty bad time to have released a video game for uh, $1 dollar. You release one that isn't Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Animal Crossing did gangbusters. The one for Valve's $1000 VR headset did not I mean, it probably did fine. Shocking but. everybody. But yeah, this game, it's hard to compare to the others, but it is such an experience, and I do want to revisit it at some point. Mm. I remember seeing a list of like, oh, by the way, here's all like the mod campaigns people have made. I'm like, oh no, there's so much There's so much here. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just... Cool. I haven't played a ton of VR shooters, but I believe people when they say like, hey, this one feels the best, because, you know, it's got that budget. That budget. <laughs> just shooting stuff feels extremely good, and the violence against human enemies is just so... It's so quick and scary. Like, your health is not Gordon Freeman health. Like, you go down fast. If something shoots you, you, you die. Nice. Just a very intense experience. That sounds awesome. Like, it's one of those yeah. games where I wish I had... Yeah, it's just... It just would not be the same game on the screen because it would just be Half-Life 2, but extremely easy. Yeah, I think, like, they made it so you can play it now without No, the... people modded it. Oh, it's not going to be the same. Nah. There's no official version. I wouldn't want to play it not in VR because it's just that's what that game was intended for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's how it was made. I, pl I, I only play new games 10 years after they come out so by that go. point hopefully VR headsets will be accessible pretty accessible there you go yeah great cool. is, is that Half-Life then? that's Half-Life alright well why don't we move on to our next audio list yeah hell yeah we like these ones a lot especially now um, this one comes in from our good pal, Melly, who you may also know as Mugio, uh, a friend of ours and a fellow VTuber as well. She has been kind enough to send us a list of video games, and we are going to give that the biggest old listen in three, two, one, play. 
Okay, so I've never done anything like this, so sorry if I sound a little nervous or jumbled or whatever. Uh, you may know me as VTuber Mugio. Um, hello. <laughs> uh, hi. I hi. am doing the thing where I save I, my top three games this year, and for the first one, was Silent Hill 2 because I played that for the first time this year after yes. people kept telling me, oh, you should play it, you should play it. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll play it and play it on stream so everybody can watch me cry and scream about how scared I am of horror games. But it honestly wasn't all that scary and I really enjoyed it. I don't really like James. The <laughs> The controls were kind of clunky, but I really did enjoy it. And um, my second one would be Klonoa. The Klon. Oh my god, the Klonoa remakes. Uh, Klonoa was one of my favorite games growing up. The, when I got a PS2 as a kid, it was the first game my parents bought me. Um, so when I f finally got to play them again and stuff. It was just like fangirl moment. I remember watching, I think it was the direct where they announced it. I literally screamed like bloody murder <laughs> and I started, I fell to the floor and I started <laughs> crying because I was, I was just so excited. And, um, uh, you can cut, like, me thinking out. That's fine. Nah, we'll leave it. It's funnier that way. I just, I, it was a really good remake. I never, I didn't finish the two remake, but I finished the entirety of the one remake, and I really, really enjoyed it. Even though I had to put it on easy mode at the end. I really did enjoy it. <laughs> um, my third one is the, the AI Somnium sequel, because isn't that obvious? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love, I love Iva, I love everybody, I love Tama, I love, I love, I love the characters, and I love eating donuts in the bathroom, or whatever the heck that line was. I don't want to say too much because it's a sequel, and it's a very story-heavy game, but I love it, you should play it, Uchikoshi is... A god, play Zero Escape, play AI Somnium Files, play good games. Thank you. I think we can all agree with those sentiments. <laughs> those are pretty good sentiments all around. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. Is that the third? Is that the third I, including Rhett? Because I think one list, one not previous yeah. list. Yeah, list, that's, I think it's three eyes. Right. I is tied for, tied I can't for number one. Like, like, don't, don't spoil it yet. Don't spoil it. Don't for the rest mm -hmm. of the episode. I want to. I want. I want this tally at the end that John's keeping. That? It's going to be the definitive game of the year. I'm listening um, to the one. I'm keeping track of the ones that actually came out this year. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, John, uh, while I've got you here, why don't you go ahead and 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 give us a number four. So this is what I played late last year after the after our <laughs> after our size cast. Uh -huh. But it it hit me so fucking good that I really knew I needed mm. to include it. And because 
gotta have that shmup rep. It's Blue Revolver. Oh, right. Ooh. Yeah. So this one immediately pulled me in from the aesthetic. I remember I downloaded Zero Ranger and Blue Revolver. And they've the both got time. strong aesthetics. Uh-huh. And I played Zero Ranger. It was fucking nuts. And then finally, like three years later, I played I played Blue Revolver. I played it for like a week straight over Christmas mm-hmm. and just got the hyper mode 1cc. Um, and this is just like like Zero Ranger is going all out and doing like a bunch of cool narrative stuff. It's like an hour long. It's got a lot of cool structure going on. Blue Revolver is just punch in the face of 20 <laughs> minutes of great bullet hell action. Um, it's just five really, really strong stages. Um, the, the fourth stage especially sticks in my brain is just like insanely good um, and a really, really cool final boss. But yeah, it's just like it's it's uh, there's almost not too much to say because it is just like a really strong bullet hell in the cave tradition. That's a modern indie um, dude's working on a updated re-release, which I'm excited about. Like the only negative thing I could say about it is like, I felt I played with um, the, the forward shot at first and it was like felt weak in a way that kind of made the game feel a little bad. Um, um, and then I switched to follow, which the follow shot, which deals way more damage. And it just, Suddenly, I didn't need to use like the super laser just to beat like regular enemies. Aww. So I was like, "Oh, now now it feels now it feels perfect." Cool. So I'm excited to see what the rebalance looks like. But but yeah, like playing on follow, this is just a great shmup that I had nice. a ton of fun with. It's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. The, the the color palette is just yeah. luscious. Yeah, yeah. It's just delicious looking. Like I, I I've played three stages of this. Um, and geez, it's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like getting the one CC in this one is it's, it's something I am determined to do in the new year. I just didn't really, yeah, you know, I wasn't really super feeling shmups this year. So, mm-hmm. um, but I did play a bit of this one because John got it for me, and it was just like, oh god, this is a sh- this game. Game's got some strong identity. Holy shit! Oh, damn. Blue Revolver got hands. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that ass can fart. I think I played three stages and it was like, oh wow. And then I played the rest of it on easy. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no shame in playing games on easy, folks. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a shmup and you're at, then I'll shame you. <laughs> cool. All right. So that's my number four. Right. Um, next stop is Rhett with a listener list. Yes. Yeah. Hello, Soxcast. It's Max slash at MixMaxter underscore. Oh, MixMaxter. Hey, hey. Unfortunately, I've lost some of my time to listen to podcasts this year due to work change, but I will celebrate list season with you and inundate you with another list. Okay, there's no numbers here. Sagebrush. A short lo-fi first-person exploration into a farm comp- compound where a cult lived. A spooky but not scary adventure that span- spans from sunset, night, to sunrise as you uncover what happened to that cult and the people within. Verlet Swing. First-person vaporwave swinging. This game has an incredible sense of speed and precision where even slight adjustments can completely change your tra- trajectory. Flying at 200 miles per hour around a giant slice of pizza. I've actually played this one. It's it's pretty cool. It's oh, like a bionic commando thing. Oh, like you. you just said two of my favorite words that I like having smushed <laughs> together. Wait, which two words? Bionic commando. Bionic commando. Yeah. Like again, it's a first person swinging game. Like nice. it's it's pretty difficult too. Good. Okay, John, update the count. The okay. third game on this list. 
Elden Ring. <laughs> Sorry, surely not a unique title, but as someone who played every Souls-like from Demons to Sekiro, it was fun to see them take pieces from everything to make Elden Ring. This game is very hard, but with plenty of cheesy builds and strategies and your own control of exploration to pace it, it can make it a lot easier or harder on yourself. I loved exploring the world and found the modular difficulty fascinating. To another year of video games and bullshit. Hell yeah! Thank you for the list. All right, Polly. All right, I do believe is four. my number four. So there's there's history here. Mm. I want I don't want anybody to think that just because this game lands at number four that I think uh, all that much less of it. Because <laughs> at one point the game that preceded it was my game of the year. I'm of course talking about I the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Mm. So this is a game yeah. that. It's just as smart and mostly as clever as the original. Um, it, it, it lacks a bit of the same personal oomph and the emotional depth that that first yeah. game had, I think, is really kind of was my uh, my, my main criticism. Um, but like the original game was more like sentimental and, and, and warm and a story of family. While this one does have those same themes, it's just kind of like... They, those themes take a backseat to the more procedural aspects of being a detective. Um, and, and that's, can, I, can I tell you what this one sounds like to me, Polly? Sure. It sounds more like a Zero Escape game it, <laughs> than the first a, one. In a way, I would say that if it still doesn't, it didn't feel like uh, an I game. Like, this still has that same tone. Mm -hmm. This still has a lot. Like, like it hasn't really stripped anything out that made mm -hmm. that first game. It's just they've shifted the focus a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it, with, with, with Mizuki and Date's relationship being such a big point of that first game and them being such strong characters when you make the jump to the second game and then that takes a back seat to mizuki being a member of abyss and her conducting an investigation you're going to lose a little bit of like 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 this you know our, our baby girl already grew up so there's not a lot left for them to explore there um so so i don't think that it's as cold and 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 uh um as, as uh, well, I'm not really sure what I would say with regards to Zero Escape. I know that it's not quite as sentimental as as, as the first I game was uh, in a lot of ways. That's not to say that there aren't some real fucking heavy moments in Zero Escape. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but but on the whole, I think the the, the first I game just kind of like, oh, where's all your feelings? Okay, there they are. Yeah. Oops, all feelings. Um, and 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 I like this game. Like I had a lot of fun going on this game's ride mm -hmm. with that sprawling mystery. Like like uh, that part of the game's really great. I was able to deduce most of the case, um, as well as as well as the big <laughs> trick that they pull. Um, I, uh, there's some stuff that I'm like, no, you did not guess that. I mean, the big twist I can see actually, but there's some there were stuff in this game. There were. Things, there were two scenes in particular that I won't go mm -hmm. over, but like there were yeah. characters saying things that did not make sense for them to be saying at that point. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, I think I know what is happening. I'm yeah. not saying I predicted the whole thing. Yeah. It's just, I know, ex I think I know what you're going to do here. And then when it pays off, it's still like, ah, yes. 
So still felt real it's, good. It, it is the most moment of all time where I just I actually stopped for like an hour. <laughs> And it just, just had re- to recalibrate you my brain. To, you have to recontextualize everything you've seen and just be like, wait a minute. Oh my god! You asshole! You did it again! You put it right in front of me! Uh, what shocked me, though, was how well they, 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 they pulled off taking a beloved cast of characters and mm-hmm. moving most of them to the side. And then using that to just flesh out these all new characters or like a character or two from the first game that didn't get a lot of play but now suddenly mm-hmm. like they're put in the spotlight a little more um and since characters were such a strong point of that first game especially those characters in particular i thought that the mm-hmm. focus on an almost entirely new cast would make it harder to 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 live up to that original or that it wouldn't hit quite as much but then like when this game hits it fucking hits really hard <laughs> Uh, there's just some moments where you're just like, man, that's not fair. <laughs> My poor baby. <laughs> uh, so, so as a sequel, it stumbles a bit. And, and I think a lot of that is because they wanted to write a story that didn't spoil the original. Uh, whereas I think that this game would have, like, if it would have kind of maintained its, its ties to that first game a little more strongly, uh, instead of trying to, like, appeal to a mass audience still... Uh, I, I think that, like, still having those emotional connections there and, like, some things that are just, like, real contrived and just, like, okay, that's just flat-out silly that you made this thing this way just because you don't want to spoil that first game. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, it doesn't make sense. It feels like you needed to kind of dive in and just, like, accept that this is a thing that changed rather than just being, like, here's a really dumb explanation for it. Um, that said, like, even after all that, even with the complaints that I have, like, I still want more of these characters. Like, I, I'm still down for, like, another big adventure with these characters or another big sci-fi detective ser- story. Like, give oh. it to me. Give it to me. I still yeah. love it. Like, I, Uchikoshi still has his chops. These characters still hit hard. Uh, even, even, the, even if, like, it, the focus isn't 100% where I think that it should have been, this game was still... An absolute delight. I looked forward to getting home and playing it every evening that uh, that I was in the middle of it. So it was just like, yeah, it, it was all. And that special edition looks real fucking good on my shelf. God, the fucking saga of the saga of hoping that I would get that motherfucker. Yeah, I got my Iba figurine. It's there. She looks amazing. Be jealous. It's fine. I don't want to say be jealous because then like uh, some people got fucked out of theirs in a real oh. shitty way. Um, but yeah. Uh, Nirvana Initiative, it's still good. I still think you go play that first game. Uh, it's it, it is an incredible piece of work, and if you liked that first game, I, you'll still like this. It's still that. It's still that. Mm-hmm. It's still that tone. It's still that comedy. It's still that brilliant mix of drama and making you laugh. Like these characters are fucking goofballs, and they just revel in it, and it's great. So there you go. That's my number four, Nirvana Initiative. John, I do believe. You got us. I sure do. Another listener list. Um, I didn't play many games. This is from Freezing Inferno. Thank you for sending in the list, friend. I didn't play many computer games this year because I was too busy yelling about 30-year-old t- time travel shows. What else is new with me? But here are three computer good computer games I did play. Number three, Chorus, Piercing of Dark Moon Tower. <laughs> yes. Game of the year. 
Zelda 2, but risque. We're all adults here. There's no shame in indulging in the risque once in a while, especially when it's a well-crafted action game from one of our pals in the Sox community. Just Storm 4 put a lot into this game, and that passion really shows. And I don't just mean the spicy parts. It was a fun classic adventure excursion that also happens to be a little lewd. Nothing wrong with that, so enjoy the bronze, Tom. You and Chorus earned it. Love Chorus! Everyone loves Chorus! Everyone loves Chorus! <laughs> Get, out here, chorus. Get out of here, Kirby. Get out of here, Kirby. Fuck yourself! Number two, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. For mm. years, Fire Emblem has been an intimidating boogeyman of a hard game series. Same. Fuck. <laughs> um, beating Shadow Dragon finally cracked that facade for me because I not only found just the right amount of challenge and just the right ways to use the system to my advantage, but I got but I got a little zen about moving on from my mistakes and not resetting when some random guy died. With this clear, I feel that intimidation lifted, and I'm happy to have the freedom to move on to some of the harder games with, uh, with little fear going into 2023. Number one, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. I didn't play any games that really brought out an emotional groundswell in me. I got all that this year from TV shows and movies. Instead, here's just a game I played the the shit out of in 2022 and really enjoyed. It was more Monster Hunter, but harder, and I relished the challenge and playing with friends and found it to be a comfort game I could throw on and enjoy endlessly through the latter part of the year. That's as good a gold medal as any. So to Polly, Rhett, John, and all the pals in the Sox community, thanks for making the year extra good as always. And let's do the same for 2023. Thanks so much, friend. Hell yeah. All right, Rhett. Uh, we inch okay. even higher. <laughs> Number four. Let's return to the pure red aesthetic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, d- we dabbled away from We had it. our commercial break. Now let's get back to oh, the real shit. So when I wrote, I wrote a list in September and was like, this was number four. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote the list early November and it was uh, the four through six, like the Xenoblade, uh, Half-Life Alex and this were like, neck and neck and i was spinning that around and i was like oh what if i put that one at number four and then i looked at the september one it was like oh oh, oh that's what i did back then <laughs> okay huh? i guess i agree with myself and then after uh adding fata morgana and uh Berseria into the list i took a look back and was like you're really going with that as number four huh hmm. <laughs> huh um so this one is my underdog this mm-hmm. is the one the dark horse maybe- the Dark yeah. Horse. This is your Super Crush KO? Yeah, this is my Rabby Ribby of last year being yes. number two, which was wild <laughs> yes. also. So I'll play uh, that one. My number four is Scarlet Nexus. Oh, wow! Oh. This really Ooh. got up there, huh? This really got up there, huh? I was not expecting this to go this high. I was, like, when it wasn't in, like, 10 to 7, I thought, oh, it's, yeah. it's probably didn't make it. And it, wow! Because I think when I thought back to this one, it was, like... I had the least issues with it. There was nothing that I looked back and was like, well, this could have been better. This could, like, you know, some of the combat in Xenoblade 3. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Nexus was, was just completely nailed everything that it was going for, for me. Mm. I love the characters. I know We always just go, oh, I love the characters in this game without, you know, super elaborating. We like characters in games We here, like, I char- like, I think that <laughs> yeah. when we say we characters like well. characters... <laughs> I think that we say when we like characters here, yeah. like we co- like we comfortably like oh, look like this comes a lot mm-hmm. from the trails games. I think when you look at it this way, okay, yeah. like we like characters, and that's why games like that yeah. fucking hit. Yeah, everybody's got their little story. Like this one in particular has like basically bonding missions with everybody. With even, everybody, even, even if they're their they're your enemy at the time, you'll still be like. Hey, um, sorry about the whole war thing. You want to go, like, go grab some coffee, though? Like, yeah. that literally happens, and this is kind of funny. 
just so like I f- the funny thing is how I first heard about this primarily from Polly talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And that you dropped it because of the input delay, yeah, which obviously the, the PS, does sound extremely awful. The PS4 version is not the version to play. Yeah, so I played it on PC and was like, ooh, this feels great. Yeah, I played damn. the demo right after that podcast and was like, oh, mm. this game feels great. Here's what it could feel like. Yeah, I played that PC demo and it was night and fucking day. God, that stinks. Um, the combat's really fun because you just get psychic powers <laughs> to throw around shit everywhere, like every crate, every I'm just going to throw a fucking, I'm going to throw a forklift at this guy for fun. Yeah. And then That's the just part of a combo. Like, yeah. Like, it's just very fun combat. Um, you, as you progress through the game, like you're the other characters, party members, you can like blend their abilities into your own attacks. It's like, there's a guy that has like fire or there's the girl that has fire. And then the guy that has electricity, like you, you electrify your powers to take on certain enemies. And then there's like the girl who can make multiple clones of herself. So when she kind of blends her power into yours, when you throw a barrel, it just makes three barrels. It makes and you three get barrels. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's awesome. And like, by the end of that game, when you have all of the party members and there's like seven or eight of them and like you've got two like pallets of uh, powers to use and you can pop them all at once. It's fucking insane. Oh my God. It's like I'm going to go into slow, like hyperspeed, go invisible, run up to the enemy to get a crit attack and then start throwing like multiple barrels <laughs> while they're on fire. It's like It's bonkers, I think. Like, my one slight issue with this game is that maybe there's a lot of combat towards the end. It maybe got a tiny bit exhausting. Like, the game Final Dungeon baited me really hard. Mm. <laughs> like, I was for sure, oh, this is the last dungeon. And then there's another big one right after that. It's like, oh, okay, this is the final dungeon. Like, it's rare to really fool me like that. Mm-hmm. Like this, But, like, my main takeaway was that I loved the story. It's insane. It is the most anime. <laughs> Which again is like trending towards the pure aesthetic of like this story and this one just being fucking bonkers. Like there's time travel, there's, you know, threads of fate, like the Scarlet Nexus is a, like an actual thing. Yeah. It's so good. Like, it, it just it just goes so hard several times over at the end, and like I thought they wouldn't resolve everything that had been brought up in like the whole story and then it just resolves everything that it sets up and i was just kind of shocked because mm-hmm. it felt like i mean realistically it's kind of a game with three acts but it almost felt like closing out a trilogy in a single game oh, because, cool. of, because of how much is set up and then concluded by the end that kicks ass that's so, so cool it was kind of like it's weird to say but it felt like the least compromised like this one original thing that they they, they just fucking nailed for me how yeah. cool. I had How a real cool. good time with this one. And it, it, it shocked the hell out of me because I thought, like, there was some other Bandai Namco game. I think it was Code Vein. Code where Vein. I, like, I started that, played two hours, and was just like, nah, I'm good. I thought for sure, this is going to be a game I'm going to throw on, play two hours of, and then never go back to. And then it didn't turn out that way. I was just like, oh, this feels pretty good to play. I'll keep going. And then, damn, goddamn. <laughs> How cool. That's How so cool. cool. Yeah. You you gotta love it when that happens. That's always the best. Yeah. That's always the this best by, arc. Yeah. This by far was surprise of the year where everything I think everything on my list, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like that one. Where mm. this one I didn't didn't have the confidence in. 
Mm-hmm. So, Polly. Yo! You got a list? I've got a reader list, and every time, this is going to mean nothing to nobody, but I don't know that I've ever verbalized this, and if I don't get it out of my head at some point, it's just going to drive me nuts. So again, this is going to mean nothing to nobody. Uh, this one comes in from a friend, Voodoo Groove, who's been around, he's kicked around in the uh, community for a while, and every time I see his name... Uh, there, 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 there's an old band named Quiet Riot, and they released an album that only I've ever heard of in 1995 called Down to the Bone, and they have a song on it called Voodoo Brew. And I always think of that for some <laughs> reason every time I see his name. So every time I see his name, I, I hear it in my head, Voodoo Groove. Like, fucking shit. <laughs> so that's going to mean nothing to fucking anybody, because I am literally the only person on the planet that bought that album. Beautiful. Um, so, but anyway, it's just something I was like, I've never said that, and if I don't at some point, I'm going to explode. I don't know why. Why put that in the middle of your fucking eight-hour podcast where the idea is to not banter and get this shit over with? Um, it's beautiful. Thank you. All right. You. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Voodoo Groove says, long time no see. The game's in no particular order. Paper Mario, the thousand-year door. Starting with a fucking banger. Jesus. Yeah. After almost 20 years, still the peak of action turn-based combat, it's overflowing with charming characters, and to this day, it's surprisingly funny. Oddly horny, too? Yeah, it's weirdly horny in a couple of ways. The first (laughs) boss has a prolonged sequence of trying to get you to smell her feet, (laughs) and that's just the beginning. Oh. Is this why Nintendo gives them no freedom anymore? Brett's like, wait a minute, Dad. Does does that mean that last part? (laughs) Wait a minute, what? (laughs) John, I'm going to need you to get your uh, tallying stick out. (laughs) Great, a tally mark for Elden Ring. The most amazing thing about Elden Ring is that it maintains an air of whimsy. Playing it blind was a ton of fun. Every new area left me in awe. Every new NPC seemed strange and potentially dangerous. All right. Cool. And next, DNF Duel. The purest joy I ever feel is playing a new fighting game and experiencing experiencing that, wait, I can do what? Revelation. Once you understand a character, the freedom to improvise combos to adapt to a situation feels amazing. Honorable mention goes to Slice and Dice. Arithmetic is fun. I don't know that I agree. Like a wiz- like, like, like wizard things. Alright. So, that's, that, that is Voodoo Groove's list. Thank you for submitting. Thank you Thanks. so much for submitting. Alright, John! Time All right, real John. shit. We're Time cracking the in shit. to three. the real shit. Let's fucking go. John's number three. So, Rhett, I did not mean to <laughs> set things up as like a anti-Rhett list. <laughs> but once you started talking about like the Rhett aesthetic, I kind of realized uh-huh. it's the same thing that I've been doing a lot of. And then I kind of made like a pointed move away from this year where I was like, that's fair. Yeah. Shit makes me cry at the end. I can, that's fine. If it's 50 or 80 hours, that's a lot to get like one cry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I want to play some games that I just have a lot of fun with. Uh-huh. Um, or, you know, read a book, which, you know, you can get through in like six hours and it's a lot of the same, can be a, some sort of the same story density. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is, 
still you got to still love the game where you play for 80 hours and cry at the end a lot. Yeah. Huh? You got to re- you really got to like it. So I know I said last year I wanted to play fewer RPGs in 2022 and I did. Um they still get a little bit of rep on this list. Um my number 3 is Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure. Woo! Yeah. That's a banger. The real shit. <laughs> the the one like very straightforwardly ret pick i think <laughs> yeah absolutely um so this is and also that's another thing is that you're you're willing to like you you like the big successes where you have like the where even if you have like knives out um it, you can you can still rep like the highest my these are my highest <laughs> yeah. highs whereas when i tend to have knives out at all then it's like off the list gone <laughs> i'll put franken on the list that's perfect it's an hour long and it's perfect um, and this is the one where I came away a little bit like there's a handful of things about trails that I'm kind of tired of. Mm. Um, but the fact is, good trails is still it's really good. Still so potent. It's still real good, y'all. Yeah, I uh, feel this one isn't good trails. This one is best trails. Yeah, I kind of have <laughs> to agree. I'm I'm still I'm still team third, but this is like second. This, I think this is um absolutely like on par with or better than SC. Like, for me, the battle is eternally Azure and third. Like, I just, like, on one day, I'm third. On the other, I'm Azure, so... (laughs) I think think that speaks to some of my priorities there. I'm like, this this, this in SC, I feel like... This This does have Kia. This this has got Kia. It does have Kia, who's very... who's? It's almost like she has grown in... (laughs) This is... It's very funny, because there's multiple times where... Oh, the fake comparisons... Danganronp, Danganronpa yeah. was the one where it's like, this character feels like she was grown in a lab to make me love her. <laughs> and it so, and works. Both trails and, and then both Trails and Danganronpa made me go, oh, that was on purpose. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, trails, is, trails is just real good. It know? still hits. It hits. I play this one on hard mode. I was bored in zero yeah. for the fighting because I played on normal and mm. I was just so cruising through it. This one I played on hard and then for like the last third, every boss was a roadblock and it felt <laughs> so fucking good. It's so crunchy. God, this those crunchy. I keep thinking back to the final, but like just like that last run of boss fights, like uh-huh. in, in, the, in the final like five or six hours of Azure and it's just like Fuck! Fuck! They, oh my! Again, like the thing, the big thing with Falcom for me is like they are still making, like all, all this writing is so strong. It's on top of them making the game they've been making since the '80s and being the absolute best at it. Yeah, like the this is still a game where you got that meaty final dungeon of those amazing boss fights, and it hits so hard. Absolutely. They, where you go through the dungeon and the music's playing while it plays through the fight. Just all the RPG shit. It, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just the best. It's just the <laughs> best. Um, and I, I don't know. I just fucking love trails. It's still real good. I think this is, I think I'm moving into maybe moving into a new era a little bit, mm-hmm. but like I had to give points to, the, the the last five years era john this is one of the best one of ones of these um yeah, and i'm glad that i took a the, the cross bell journey yeah yeah you gotta give the props you gotta give the props yeah it, it's deserved were you say something right 
No. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, that's my that is my number three. All right. Well, why don't we follow that up with a list from someone I think John knows. I think, I think John knows his next person. We got a list from someone named Zellos. Z E L O Z. Like Jello. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> it's tight. It's the end of the pie. We're, I, we're starting to get it in. Well, we're, start- we're in top three, so we're oh. not near the end yet. No, we still got a lot to go. You're right. We're, we're catch- I'm catching it already. Uh oh. <laughs> like my brain's already starting to get. My brain had that fucking voodoo groove sidetrack, and now it's just like Z E L O Z. Why am I? What is happening? <laughs> it's all falling apart, and we're only an hour and 11 minutes into this. <laughs> On Zalaz's list, I'm gonna press play in three, go. two, one, play. My tendency to not finish the things I start hit me in full this year. As a result, a lot of the games I actually finished this year ended up being pretty short affairs. This isn't so much my personal top three best games as it is the three games I played that especially deserve being highlighted. So I guess this is my top three most noteworthy games. Anyway, here they are. Um, number three, Akato Blue for Android and iOS. <laughs> um, smartphones are pretty great at bullet hell shmups, as it turns out. Admittedly, I haven't finished this one, but practicing through these levels and gushing back and forth with John about our individual accomplishments in it made this an incredibly delightful game. Also helps that the game looks and sounds and plays absolutely stunningly. Shame developer Tanoshimasu pivoted hard into stupidly expensive arcade-only gaming. <laughs> Number two, um, licri- Licorice Recoil. <laughs> Le- delightful 30-minute short story about opening up to others. In addition to the sh- story just being really sweet, I love the general early 2000s aesthetic John cultivates with it. From the way the web pages look to the way the converted MIDI sound, it's a vibe that harkens back to web serials and web comics of old. Also, it's an extremely high effort shitpost about an anime neither of us have watched, <laughs> which is just fantastic. And of course, my number one um, is Chorus Piercing of Dark Moon Tower. <laughs> God, just what a delightful game. Tom, aka Jeststorm4. Uh, continues to impress me with how much heart he puts into all of his games. And for an arrow game made by someone who does not generally play arrow game, I'm impressed. While it's not as explicit as a lot of the stuff I sometimes indulge in, there's a confidence and uniqueness to Tom's t- take on erotic peril and perversion that really warms my heart. <laughs> the gameplay is also completely solid, drawing from 8-bit action RPGs in a really smart way. I'm proud to know talented game devs like Tom, and I'm happy to know that they're just as perverted as I am. <laughs> Big year! So much Big year for Jetstorm 4! Jeez! Uh-huh! Cor- everybody loves Chorus! Everybody- Chorus Sweep! Hashtag Chorus Sweep! Hashtag Chorus Sweep! I feel like Chorus definitely has passed Kirby at this point. Like, well, Kirby was all at the I don't want to know yet! I don't want to. I don't know. I do think I've read these in advance. I'm just saying John's keeping a tally. Yeah. So I don't want to <laughs> oh, know. True, true. Again, I don't want to know until we're about to do number one after the honorable mentions. So. Mm-hmm. All right. What do we have next? We have uh, my it, number three. Your number three. Well, damn! It's right back to me already. See, we're just cruising along. 
Just cruising just USA. Cruising USA. I almost <laughs> sang the Daytona song. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> Cruise Tona! <laughs> I don't know, man. It's already Probably having a normal one over I'm here. I'm having a normal one. <laughs> it's just all downhill, man. All right. My number three. Okay, the real shit. This real is shit. Real the shit. real shit. So stop me if you've heard this one before. This is a song you might have heard. Going on down to Crossbell, gonna have myself a time. <laughs> that was fucking dumb. <laughs> that broke my brain for a second. I was like, what's happening? Oh! <laughs> Stick of truth? I don't, what? <laughs> my number three is Trails from Zero. Um, Aww, so beautiful. Uh, big old surprise, right? But yeah, Falcom makes good ass video games. Um, Trails of Zero, Trails from Zero is one of those good ass video games. So my 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 reaction to this game the first time I played it was is it was pretty spotty. It was a bad fan translation. That, yeah, that that called Jazz Club a Jizz Club. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and my reaction and, and like the character tr- writing was just not there like it was just very Mm -hmm. like i had to play this game Uh, i had to play the bad fan translation because trails of cold steel 3 was coming out and you cannot play those last two cold steel games without Mm -hmm. knowledge of the crossbell games so i had to play through trails from zero with a bad fan translation this is not the this is not the later fan translation no no the the geo front the the very good geo the very good geo front translation is is fantastic like that's and they worked on this new localization with nisa um, and if you're going to play this on a console, please get the Switch version if you can, because that is the only version of the console versions that actually has all of the quality of life upgrades for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, it looks better than the PS4 version. It's it's fucking wild that Switch is the lead platform, but it is on PC as well. So, you know, if you've got a PC, so enjoy this. Um but really, I mean, this is just kind of that good trail shit. Like, there's a truly fantastic introduction to a new set of characters. Uh, Crossbell setting is it's it's fascinating. It's a fascinating contrast from like Liberal and Erebonia, and like the the, the thing that is always kind. Like, I think that this game is is great on its own. Learning about these characters and getting to know them over the course of this fifty hours with them is it's great. I love that. But to me, the thing that just makes this game is the raw emotional power of one of the biggest payoffs in the series. And it's just God. I just my heart just fucking overflows with joy anytime i see it you know it's, you have it's, mentioned this moment so many times yeah now. it's pretty good it's like the thing it is the like it's one of the trails moments it is a seminal trails moment um and and oh god it's so good like i have seen this scene from like having played it myself and having watched other people stream it no less than like seven times and when i was sitting there at like midnight when the fuck ever it was i finished it and just like watching that scene again was just like fuck i'm bawling like an infant again you got me again 
it gets me every time just because it's such a fantastic fucking moment. And, like, not to say that that's all Trails from Zero boils down to, because there's a lot of great character interactions in this game. Like, <laughs> like, like, the, like the Crossbell Squad is awesome. Uh, like, like they're, they're all... Lloyd is the goodest boy. <laughs> Randy so is the bad... Boy. Randy is the goodest bad boy. Uh, Ellie is the goodest wife. And and Tio is the goodest best. Wife. Tio is the absolute goodest little cinnamon roll on the planet. I'm like, choose your words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about knives coming out. Jesus Christ! I love Tio more than I love myself. I love Tio more than life itself. Tio is like to to me like in this playthrough. Like the way Tio interacts with people has obviously won me over. He's so great. Like yeah. I like I absolutely did like everything I could with her every time I had the chance, just because she is so good. Yeah, she's, she's Ellie, lover. In, in games where we love characters, didn't pay off for me that I always picked Ellie, but I always picked Ellie. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not mad. But you no wifeies, baby. <laughs> No wife, no, no wifeies. Uh, yeah, wifeyless. Yeah. You are wifeyless. Yeah, yeah. Trails from Zero, like it's like those crossbell games are just fuck. They are the shit. They're real good, They're incredible. Like it is an incredible duology. Um, like I know that we say a lot that like you know Trails in the Sky one and two, like that's a good duology if you want to just stop there. But then we're always like, but hey, three is kind of the best in the series. And then it's yeah. like, well, hey, you know, you should also probably play the Crossbell games because they're also the best. And Look, also you can this play. One has a huge payoff to stuff set up earlier. Yeah, yeah. You can play two Trails games. You can play three Trails games. You can play five Trails games. You can maybe play seven Trails games, and you can play nine, nine Trails, trails games. I don't know about seven. Definitely nine. All right, so you can play two, three, uh, five, or nine. Yeah, two, three, five, and it's nine. Like the, it's like the fucking like Fibonacci sequence. It's the escalation. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't play one don't don't just play one don't just play four but you can play two three or five. <laughs> oh god yeah like yeah i do expect you had to expect falcom to be somewhere on my list right like i did play that game yeah. i gotta get it on there and again like trails from zero is just a really fucking good game like, like spells real good yeah so that'd be that'd be the number three John! Ollie's getting sleepy. No, I'm not. I am totally fine. I'll have you know. Ollie's a little lit. No. I'm good. I'm good. good. We're all good. We're all good here. We are fantastic. Don't know why I'm singing that, but we are. Most (laughs) number seven. I'll pull it back in here. Number seven. Not not number seven. This is um, (laughs) Here's number seven. This next list is from number seven. This next list is from Sunday. You're reading. From it is Sunday. the seventh one in the numbering scheme that <laughs> Rhett has used, and that is the seventh one I'm reading, and that is completely irrelevant information to everyone, anyone listening. Yeah, like you're... So, number seven, <laughs> Sunday. All right. Seventh day of the week in, in your There house. you go! Nailed it. We tied it all Most, together. From Sunday, Most Beloved SoxCast, here's to another year with this beautiful community. Let's get right into it. Kotodama Diary. I'll always treasure the night I downloaded this game. It's hard to believe it was this year laying in a fort in my boyfriend's living room, listening to the waves in his electric toothbrush. I felt a sense of recognition as I fed the word canned tuna to a creature too cute for this earth. Without warning, I burst into tears upon completing the tutorial. My virtual pet, 
Polecat, thanking me for having raised it on a diet of cute, dark, and cheerful words. All the while, my boyfriend watched an encouraging amusement at my reaction. I came to love this game's sense of humor, character designs, and the surprisingly intricate mechanical stylization of a virtual pet's language acquisition and personality development. Butterfly Soup 2, my most anticipated game maybe ever and one that rose to the task. Butterfly Soup 1 was what got me back into games. The Oakland it depicts reminds me in many corners of my LA and seeing such a recognizable community depicted drew me to the medium like nothing else could. The sequel expands on this by exploring the complex natures of prejudices and multi-generational interaction in communities like this and baby steps out of perfectionism shame slash shame into a syncretic queer liberation. These characters just feel so real to me as I pour over the bonus art PDF filled with a deep excitement for their futures and honestly those of me and my friends. Safani. This was an absolute no contest for number one. The game is my favorite literature by way of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> this game lays me on a soft bed of sci-fi to play early 3D platformers and think about isolation and recognition. This game has a segment where you run through a cavern's memory of highways and neighborhoods, pushing towards an island's beating core as you ponder questions of identity in the far future. Mechanics and narrative gel in ways I can't say I've seen before. Safani is a raising of the bar. It helped remind me of what I seek out in games, setting the tone for what may be my best year in gaming yet. That's a far cry from 2021. With care, Sunday. P.S. SFX.wave. All right. Got it. Ready? All right. All right. Did it. Countdown? Countdown. Oh, okay. I'll play it. I did it. I played it already. It's done. <laughs> okay. I assumed Good. it was Good. meant Good. to be like, hey, teleporting out. I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. oh I, I didn't it. listen to it. I was like, I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, it's just. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Never Safani mentioned. Yeah, that's another Safani mention. Rat. Hi. Number three. <sighs> okay. No, no, <laughs> what no. What was that? that? Was not- what kind of reaction is I that? Just, it's just it's tired. It is the weight of how powerful my top three is. How about that? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the weight of the game. The weight. Just sitting on you. <laughs> the tight shoulders of titans. Heavy is the like, head again, that wears the my, crown. The fucking top four, 10 through four of like all being like these big 40 plus hour epic mm-hmm. narratives. Mm-hmm. And one VR game <laughs> that was also extremely big. And then you guys having Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure as your number three. Both my previous games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> games are good, huh? Hell so yeah! what would you say if I had some more trails for you? Oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I don't. Okay. So when I looked at my list and like how it all shook out... This is when I really started to see the narrowing of like the perfect Rhett game. And this one was so fucking close because uh-huh. Scarlet Nexus, like every game besides Half-Life had been Japanese. Mm-hmm. But Scarlet Nexus was like the more action game, like the more real time action yeah. game as well as a lot of narrative. So my number three is Elden Ring. There's another one. It was the much more, you know, real time action game. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, for sure. This game is so fucking good, you guys. Like, <laughs> again, like I say, how I like once I like something, I do tend to hyper focus on it. Like I love Dark Souls. That was the previous game of the year, mm-hmm. obviously. And then I went and played Demon Souls and then Dark Souls 2 and then Bloodborne and then Dark Souls. I played Dark Souls 3. I never really talked about that one much. And then I played Sekiro, which is the one that like kind of completely missed for me, 
Mm. Like I got to the final boss and did not finish it because I was just so exhausted by the combat. That one's really hard. Mm. Like all these games are hard. Sekiro's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it just demanded like timing from me that I'm just not actually able to do. So Elden Ring, though, they said, hey, what if we make the one that feels the most like Dark Souls, like by far? Oh, because Bloodborne and Sekiro, like kind of the trilogy of spinoffs, like Bloodborne was like, what if we make it faster? And, yeah. like Scary, aggressive and Lovecraftian horror. And then Sekiro was like, what if parries? What if the whole thing was parries? <laughs> this one is just what if Dark Souls, but open world, mm. like instead of just starting at the castle, like in Demon Souls, that there's this whole huge world outside the castle, and then you might get there five hours in, or you might get there like 20 hours in. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> depends on your mood. So I think where this one lands for me is that is like, it's greater than the sum of its individual individual parts because, again, compared with the tightness of all, like, the Souls games and Bloodborne being, like, probably the best raw action game they've made for me, I think a lot of people do prefer Sekiro as the action one, but... Basically, I think this is my favorite one since Dark Souls 1, and I don't... Oh, cool. Because I really liked Bloodborne 2. I played that one, like, three times. Yeah. Cool. Like, I... I d definitely had a lot more time back then, but I definitely, like, invested super hard into Bloodborne, but Elden Ring just came together in a way that it, that's hard to describe because it just felt like living the adventure and, like, it has a different pacing than Souls tends to because the Souls games are just very one note where it's just, mm -hmm. it's all miserable death quarter, yeah. basically. <laughs> like, it is... It is learning an area and then grinding it out, basically. We're like, okay, there's an enemy that's going to jump out from the left here, and then I'm going to be ready. It's going to get me the first time, and then I'm going to learn it, and then I'm going to memorize these patterns, and then I'm going to make it to the next bonfire, and then I'm going to do it all again. Or, like, you know, throwing your ass at a boss for, like, an hour or two <laughs> to learn the patterns, and just... They're just kind of miserable slogs at times. Yeah. In a way, in the way that is very fun and satisfying when you triumph, like... The misery gives way to triumph, you know. Mm -hmm. Elden Ring, I think, has pacing because it is not always murderously difficult. Right. Because you do have the Souls areas that are, like, the real, like, I think people started calling them, like, legacy dungeons. Like, the ones that feel just most like they put a proper Dark Souls level into the world. Mm -hmm. But then there's the whole open world. And then there's, like, the catacombs and caves and stuff that are just not nearly as vicious it's kind of like like it gets compared a lot to the chalice dungeons in bloodborne which were like they could be procedure like i think they kind of were actually randomly the, the chalice generated. dungeons were procedurally generated it's super weird because i think the the main ones that you had to do to unlock the rest weren't technically random they were preset for everybody for some reason but they just felt like they were random so it's like i don't know why they did that anyways it's like nothing in this is actually randomly generated but just having that feel of like hey this dungeon here it's just a bunch of straight corridors and kind of a, a clever maze mm. like it's just a very much different pacing and i just kind of liked having the game not being the same note all the time yeah. because it's also extremely long yeah this was like, what 60 hours 
Um, that sounds like like a hundred plus. Yeah, I think it was a hundred for me. Like I did have a second character. Uh, I have one hundred and forty five hours in this one. Shit. Like I joke about not having time, but then I also put like a solid month or more into this one. <laughs> like yeah, last played April and it came out yeah. February, so it was the entirety of March and then change on both ends. And it's like, you know how Souls, like Dark Souls 1, you tend to head up and then mm-hmm. you also head down. Like they make great use of the vertical verticality in this one as well, where it's like you head like there's a lot of flat areas at the start and then you head up to the plateau and you think, oh, this is like the top of the game. There's like the capital city. And then there's more after that. There's the ice area that towers even over that. And then there's another area that's like in the sky. It's just like, oh, my God, just like the weight of this hundred hour journey, you know? Yeah. And then, and then having it still culminate with like an extremely hard dark souls level that kicks your ass for a while. Like the way people were like, Oh, this game falls apart at the end. I was like, the best part is at the end. Hurt me more. (laughs) (laughs) Like every time I talk about breath of the wild, it is always with the caveat that I played it on the hard mode difficulty. And this was just kind of that again. Oh, where it was like, Oh, cool. Big, fun, open world game that I couldn't get enough of exploring, like every single nook of cranny. And it's fun because it is inhospitable and hates your guts and wants to kill you. Yeah, every moment is adversarial. Yeah, that's what I enjoy out of a game is like not just cakewalking through. Oh, yeah, you want there's actual resistance. There's a shitload of resistance, even though I did also cheese the fuck out of it with the mimic power. Like, you. You feel so strong by the end of this game if you're actually using all the tools that's like, yeah, I could kill God. Mm. <laughs> that's a good fucking feeling yeah. to be yeah. at the end of the RPG. Like, I have become... It, like, I, I, it feels I was, good to become slowly very, very powerful. Like, because again, like, the typical souls of like, oh, you kind of reach a plateau of like the levels. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's scaling in those games where like, oh, after strength 50 or whatever, like it doesn't do anything. Yeah. In this game, like the levels they go higher than you're used to. Mm. So by the end, I'm like 70 endurance or something oh, wow. dual wielding ultra great swords. Yes. And the mimic is also dual wielding <laughs> ultra great swords. <laughs> so if we both run up to a boss and do the heavy attack and four swords, fucking crush it. It feels really <laughs> good. It's really cool. It but seems like again, it's got a little more like of an RPG arc there. It definitely versus, does. Like it versus the others. It, like, when I was in like the second major area, which felt like which felt like I was halfway through the game, I didn't realize. Oh, by the way, you're still in like the noob zone. Oh <laughs> like, wow! Because it was still like thirty hours for me or something. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize. Oh yeah, you're still kind of towards the start of the game. Like they start putting a lot of equipment that has either magic or intelligence or faith as a requirement. Like they're telling you please, please don't play pure melee. You're going to need to be a little more diverse than the Souls game in this one. Mm. If you try to play this without like any magic at all, you're going to have... You're going like, to stonewall yourself. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people kind of... Did that. Brickwalled into just being like, I'm going to play like Souls. I'm gonna, never going to use magic, never going to use a bow, never going to use the tools they give me. And it's then like, they took it back to GameStop and got their yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. Store credit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah the yeah. worst so yeah this one is just such a journey like john said it has more of an rpg even though the story is still 
kind of non-existent. They do a lot with the NPCs as well, and it gets extremely depressing as Souls games tend to go. Mm. Like, it, it, there's definitely the arc of, like, building up the hub area with all the NPCs, and then by the end of the game, they're all gone. And it's just, oh. like, I don't want to spoil it completely, but it's just, like, having something and then losing it feels worse than never having it at all. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm having those characters that you had interactions with and then having these vendors just actually be like, okay, peace, I'm going to go now, bye. And then losing them forever is like, what the fuck? Oof. It's it's a powerful game. Also, there's some pretty... Yeah, there's very interesting characters in this well as well. There's the witch lady that everybody loves with four arms. Yeah, yeah, she's great. <laughs> I haven't played the also, game, but I know I love her. Yeah, as always, like, the voice acting as well, mm. like, just carries such a weight to it. It's 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 the one game I'll play in English. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my number three, Elden Ring. Elden cool, Ring. Badass, nice. Nice. Kick ass. This this definitely at times was like, oh, this is this is game of the year. Yeah, I did, I thought I thought it this took, was a shoe in. Again, took a lot to dethrone. This is game of the year. So it's Ooh, the fact God. that it's number three. Uh, my, brain, my brain is turning. My brain is turning over now. It's just kind of like... Well, you two probably know what's coming. I don't. I, I don't even... I do not think ahead. I just, mm. like, let everything Beautiful. just hit me. Just hit let me. it hit. Like, just let it wash <laughs> like when I, This is what... Like, when we're talking about mystery mystery stories and whatnot, and y'all are like, oh, yeah, I predicted this, and I'm just like, la, la, la. Yeah. Just let I, it, like, blast pre- me all at once. <laughs> I have predictions that are just the worst of all time. <laughs> like when I predict something, it's so comically wrong. I I've seen Rhett predict like Umineko for like four years, and it was pretty good. Oh, oh that's funny. Okay. Cool. All right, I've got a listener list. How about it? About a good Let's pal, go. Our good pal Ghosty, our friendly umbrella appreciator, is what she is. She she likes umbrellas. She likes umbrellas. She likes umbrellas. What? She does. I was gonna help her yeah, make that's a game. Right. It's gonna make her I was gonna help her make a game called Brelly Rush. It was gonna be great. Anyway. Excellent. Ghosty. Ghosty. Ghosty's game of the year list 2022. Let's go. My honorable mentions barely missing out our last command. Unreal Life and Demon Turf. All three games that I literally want to check out. I played an hour and a half of Last Command and it's real fucking good. Um, I think that cool. may be a dark horse next year. Um, cool. Dope. Number three. Freedom Planet 2. Carol and Friends are finally back. Just awesome feeling 2D action platformer with a big story focus. The actual best game on this list. Sadly, others claim the top spot for more personal reasons. I always <laughs> love it when games do that. Claim the kind of yep. spot because it's like, oh, yeah. no, this one just made me feel good. Uh, number two, Trials of Mana. A game I never thought I'd play. First, because when it came out, I didn't have a machine that could run, uh, that could run it. Later. because uh, Later, because I was worried I'd hate it. Second Densetsu 3 is one of my favorite games ever, so this remake had me teetering between hope and despair. Thankfully, I got the game and it didn't disappoint. Lit up a good several weeks of my life. Absolutely, yeah, she got deep into that game and character mm-hmm. builds and shit. It was great. And number one, Shadowverse. Actually played this for a while last year, but this year I came back to it and took and 
took to it, it took to it much better. I haven't been doing great for big parts of the year, and for some of the darker periods, this game has been the only thing getting me out of bed. This game, with all its aggravating flaws, has has still been the thing that's brought the highest highs as far as games are concerned. It's been like a rock. Aw. That's real nice. as strong as I could be. Like a rock. <laughs> All right, and with Ghosty's List out of the way, John, your penultimate game of 2022. All right. All right, my number two of the year. Fuck. Fuck, we've come so far. It's been such a journey. So many games have got amazing games have gotten on my list over the years. What could be my number two? All right. So. I know I said last year I wanted to play fewer RPGs in 2022, (laughs) and I did. Uh More at this point. Um, they seem like they got. They still get a little, a, a smidge. little bit of rep on this list. Just, Just a, a smidge. little smidgen of rep, and y'all might recognize this one. Mm-hmm. All right, say it with me. It starts with a ph. It's fantasy, fantasy star, star four. four. Hey, you baited me into saying fantasy star earlier. <laughs> so the second game in the series on my list. Um, <laughs> no, this is Fantasy Star 4 by Sega. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played one ages ago, like in high school, and mm-hmm. I played two a couple years ago, and I played in a shitty way. Where I, just, I had maps up the whole time, and I like say like frame skip grinded. Um, I don't know. I also, think that, playing it without maps would it's be kind of shitty too. Honestly, that's the thing is that playing it without maps and playing it without frame skip grinding. Would also probably be pretty rough. <laughs> there was but, a rebalance patch I played a few years ago that was mm-hmm. oh, that oh, nice. made the grinding not have to be a part of the experience, but there were still 800 doors that I didn't know where any of them went. So. Yeah, that's a, the grind is not very scary to me. I can deal with that. It's the it's the the bad maps are um, bad is a strong word. They are. They're taxing, I would say. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with uh, bad. You can ha- you can pretty it up all you want. If you want to shine mm-hmm. a turd, by my be my guest. Oh, may- maybe someday I will have the gumption to play Fantasy Star Two properly. But playing it that way was just Ugh. it was just like I could have played it for thirty to forty hours and had it be really miserable. Mm-hmm. Or I did what I did, which is play it for like ten hours and just get absolutely nothing out of it. Gotcha. And. So I th- I don't think I think that's the worst option of two, um, but Fantasy Star Four fucking kicks ass. It's just a fucking Hell great. Idea. It's like like I feel that like indie RPGs kind of have Fantasy Star Four energy where they're just brisk, they're fast. Mm-hmm. Focused on, like, Helen's Mysterious Castle is a great example of a game that has that same kind of just, yo, like, in and out, like, fucking, like, we're done. Yeah, it's, oh my god, this game fucking moves. It actually reminded me of Silas more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this, Fantasy Star 4, it just, it moves at a, it's real snappy. Um, it's got great act breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, with the first villain beating him, and then and, and what happens there? Oh yeah. And then, um, later on, before kind of the scope of the main story is fully revealed, um, the I I I did cry at this one. I did cry at the um. It does narrowly fit into that into that yes wheelhouse. Of course. 
Um, you cried but like I cried, a little I bitch. Cried, I cried at the part where um, you get the sword and then all the heroes from the previous oh, game. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm just like, yes! See, yes! you're dramatically rewarded for playing the previous two games. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely worth it. Um, and then, like, the, really the best thing for me was, like, the maps are, like, some, basically people had kind of sold me as, like, oh, yeah, this is where they just kind of streamlined it to hell and back. It just goes straight down. But, like, the maps are still Fantasy Star maps. Yeah. You still got some nice mazes. You still got, it, it's not at a point where it's impossible to keep in your head. Yeah. It's not at a point where you have to, like, they, draw extra extremely wild maps like two but the thing that i like is they build to it like by the you, you yeah. start like like the, the maps just kind of get bigger as you go and by the time you get to like garberg tower which i think is kind of like the biggest messiest dungeon in the game like mm-hmm. i i think that like the game has earned that like being where it's at like it just builds up i don't think it's really dumbing anything down i think it's just like oh we're taking into account like pacing yeah a good pace to it is all because Fantasy Star 2 just kind of throws you in it very early on, and yeah. then all the, they just kind of maintain that one note for the rest of it. Fantasy Star 4 is like, all right, we got little shorter dungeons, and then we're kind of pacing you up into the, the big boy dungeons. Yeah. Um, and they hit, and they're like at points that are very dramatically appropriate. It's like, oh, this is extremely exciting. The one in space that plays the Fantasy Star 1 dungeon theme oh god it's so good I, like the first time the first time i played that game and got there it was one of those first times playing video games where i was just like oh, you can do that you, can do that? <laughs> you fight the final boss from fantasy star one it's yes. so good you can do this oh my god it's just it just it's like i played it being like four days and it's just four days Jeez. of this that um, is moving quick yeah, the games, the battles are so fast, and the battle theme, the, all the music is incredible. Yeah, it's all it's so like good. Even that, like, just basic random battle theme is just immediately you're just in it, and the energy is so strong. You boot up the game. Oh god, that deep fucking sawtooth bass. Ugh. Um, the ending is so good. All the, the cutscene presentation is drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this is one where a lot of folks could like play it and be like, oh, all well, that's it. Um, cause you might be expecting like the kind of resonance you get from a story that has, you know, 500,000 words or something. Yeah. Like yeah. But like, no, this is just, it's a really, really fun 16 bit RPG that does a whole lot with, with, the little bits of story that it still has. Yeah. Um, like PS4 and Chrono Trigger, like I always kind of put those two side by side mm-hmm. as, as, as just like two shining examples of brilliant RPG design in, in, in yeah. a 16 bit era. I finished it and I said like, yeah, this, this is, this is a send basically as good as Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I am. I am not like in any way, like, faced about saying that like i mean it like i think those two games are equally good mm-hmm. i think there's like a handful of just because like you get to you get to psx era and then everything suddenly gets way slower and way yeah. wordier yeah then but but if you go back to the NES era then things are a lot harder and lo- and more and kind of more hardcore and then also less story yeah. 16 bit is just like this kind of it's middle that sweet spot era. it's 
so good. I love the old stuff, and I love PSX games. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good, and this is just peak 16-bit RPG. Yeah. Um, fucking love it. Yeah. Fantasy Star. Cool. That's my number two. All right. We've got a listener list on deck. We do, once again. Imagine that. <laughs> okay, this one comes in from Last Zim on Earth. Hey! Hey, Zim! How's it going, I Zim? love this one because the eras that these games were released in are radically different. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm here We for allow it. games from all years. If you played it this year, it's fine. Ain't we good! Oh, number three, Bastion. Oh! Fucking uh, nice. There's not much to say about Bastion that hasn't already been said. Logan Cunningham's soothing and rich omnipresent narration that describes all of the player's actions, combat the rewards, experimentation with different weapons and careful play, and the game being structure, structured around short levels lends itself well to playing it on handheld mode on the Switch. It's very cool that this semi-older game is on the Switch now. Yeah, so yeah, that feels nice. That really well. Uh, it's easy to see how Supergiant games... Super giant games managed to get where they are with a solid first effort like this. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that that was their first that's game. That's their first game. And Greg Kasavin was literally like, that's the first game he ever directed after. And he just like left GameSpot and was just like, I'm going to make video games now. And that's <laughs> his first. Nailed it. Just Jesus Christ. Okay, number two Nights into Dreams. Damn! <laughs> Fuck yeah. Really going back a bit. Uh, an unassuming, quietly brilliant little game that conveys a dreamlike feeling through visuals and level design, Nights into Dreams more than earns its status as a 90s classic. Of course, this wouldn't matter if the gameplay wasn't up to the task. Thankfully, the Scork Tack game is really fun to play through, especially when taken on its own terms. Mm-hmm. Aww, that's so nice. I, I, this game's so like, immediately striking aesthetically. Like, Absolutely. Like, this is like this is peak Sega mm-hmm. uh, of the, I feel of the like, late 90s. Yeah. I feel like this game can be appreciated more now than yeah. when it came out because at the time it came out, you know, the Saturn was struggling. Yeah. And this this was their answer to like Crash Bandicoot and Mario 64. Yeah, and it like, just doesn't and quite. Like, the successor to Sonic and then it's not a platformer, it's a score attack flying th- 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 like through loops game. It's so wild. Yeah, like just... marketing trying to be oh Knights is cool, you know, this is, you know, Sonic. <laughs> just just so not the right game for we that. We don't need that moment. Sonic chud. <laughs> This is the new game from so- from the developers of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh boy, bit of a misstep there. But I love that game. Oh yeah, yeah the like, game's great. Uh, and number one, Sword and Fairy Seven, mm. aka aka Sword and Fairy Together Forever. Oh, yes, fuck yes, Zim always bringing that Sword and Fairy rep. Yep. <laughs> Take this RP- take the RPG storytelling chops of Sword and Fairy 6, add higher production values, and take away the feeling that the game will fall apart at the seams any moment, <laughs> and you're left with Sword and Fairy 7. While the game's attempted action RPG has some jank, it's still surprisingly serviceable in that regard. It's really all about the bittersweet yet hopeful story set in a rich, intriguing world and the way the various narrative threads are weaved, with well-realized and sympathetic characters dealing with their pasts and fighting against the sins of their upbringings. If there is one thing that can be taken from Sword and Fairy 7's success, successes, it's that a modern RPG can feel engrossing without relying on overcomplicated systems and bloated playtimes. How cool. Yeah, there are some games that just throw systems at you the whole time and you're just like, stop. I don't need all these. 
right. Well, that... oh, geez. We're... Oh, yeah, it's oh. you now. It's We're time. In it, Molly. We're oh. in it. Oh, boy. All right. My number two is, 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 it is a saga in and of itself. It is a ten, it's a ten-year saga, if you will. It, it's speaking of systems, by the way. It's a romancing saga. Yes, it's romancing saga three. I finally oh got around God. to it. <laughs> um, I I was there for Xenoblade Chronicles ten years ago. I put my money down just like I said I would. This was a game I always knew I was supposed to love, but it's a game that took. 10 years and an updated version for me to finally see it through to the end. I finally had that playthrough where I was able to shut the voice up in my brain that was screaming, hey, you missed a side quest. Hey, what about this system? <laughs> oh God. Hey, what does all this affinity bullshit mean? It yeah, means nothing! with too many fucking systems. This game throws way too many systems at you, and you can ignore 80% of them. John didn't even know what one of the systems were, and he got through the game entirely fine, and that's a character direct- it's, it's one directly related to your character's abilities. John got through what? the game just fine. The skill system, you didn't even know where it was! I think you're making this up. No. I very specifically remember pointing you to a menu and you being something like, I, I did not know where that was in the original game. <laughs> and that's funny because there already was a different menu. I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, 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 I finally like, had that moment where, 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 where the MMO-style combat finally clicked. It was like, mm. oh, I get it now. This is how it works. Like, like, and, okay, and like, but you should probably say what the game was. I, I'm talking about Xenoblade Chronicles. I've said it like four okay, times. I don't think you actually did. Yeah, I did. I, I heard. I, I said really? I was literally huh? there when Xenoblade Chronicles came out 10 uh, years ago. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but number two is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition for the idiot that wasn't listening. There. All right. There we go. If we have to be fucking formal about this. <laughs> Holly, it is a list. We have to be formal. Okay. Okay. All right. I keep forgetting. Sorry, it's been eight hours and I just forgot what this was. Um. <laughs> the sanctity of the list comes over the wall. <laughs> we're going to start fighting and get like legitimately angry at each other and yeah. people are going to be six hours in and they're like, oh shit. The they, most they, awkward. Like, each other's throats. like the most awkward podcast ever. We all give our number ones and everyone's like, that's stupid. That's fucking stupid. dumb. Wow. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> Did it make you cry? Is that why it's number one? <laughs> God, if we were fucking assholes and had that kind of breakdown on air. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> but man. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is cool as fuck. Like the what like I said, like the, this is where the MMO combat finally clicked for me and I like I got it. Like I understood and, and like I started understanding how like how different all the characters played and I like liked bouncing around like just joyously between them. Like I, was, I, I would play like a, like half of a dungeon and be like, alright, I wanna be done bad now. Alright, I wanna be Melia now. Um, and it's just like, and like learning to play those various, like you obviously find a few that kind of don't work for you. Like I, I was never really fond of tanking in that game, for instance, I think mm. tanking is a little boring. Um, but, 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 but like 
getting into the the nuances of that combat and how it worked and and and, 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 and like having some fun with party composition during boss fights when I was having problems like it was it was fun to puzzle that stuff out um and 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 like I know we talked about like that story is kind of like, it starts off as like look you got to spend a little while doing the JRPG shit you got to do the JRPG for a while and then the story just kind of fucking shoots off and and, and delivers and, and and it does not stop and and, and it, it delivers mm-hmm. and it delivers on one of the most satisfying RPG finales ever. Um, yeah. I holy shit! Like I just most love, satisfying last fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah, I think the last fifth. Yeah, the last fifteen hours of this game are just bonkers. So fucking good. Um, oh, the platonic ret ideal. It goes so hard at the end. <laughs> it does. It goes so ridiculously hard at the end, and like it does this thing where like 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 I love the fact that like you you come face to face with the final antagonist, and he's just like in awe and kind of fucking scared that you're where you're at because of what you Fuck have yes. to what you have to do to be standing in front of them, and it's just like this is the most intense thing ever. There's nothing fucking better than the final boss be of the RPG being afraid of you. Yes. Because it makes it makes you feel cooler and it makes yep. them scarier because they're cornered. Yep. And, and that, you don't, and you know, don't what, know what they're gonna fucking do. And they do, and the final boss does have shit that they can do that's like, oh, that's a party wife. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's and like like that whole like last 15 hours of boss fights and stuff is so good like they have so many cool gimmicks that pop up that you've got to play around with and stuff i had a blast with all that like this fucking game is everything everyone said it was and i knew it was but i was just never the right time for it or something And, and, and i think that like the definitive edition definitely helps because there's like a lot of great quality of life features that make it easier to play. I think the menu system isn't gobbledygook like the... Yeah, the menus look way smarter in this one. The menus are just straight up, hey, it's a fucking JRPG menu. Here's your equipment screen. It's the first button you press. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense or whatever the They're fuck. Like a bunch you, of icons. Like whatever you were trying to do with those fucking icons on, on the Wii version. Um... The, the the upgraded visuals are incredible, but that game still looks incredible on the Wii anyway. Like, like, like I've compared the two, and it's just like, yeah. yes, the Switch version does add a lot, and it's impressively, it, like, it's a fucking gorgeous video game. But I like, this Wii version is in no way bad looking at all. It's still pretty fucking incredible. Oh, those big cutscenes so with the with the Wii models was just amazing. Like, how did they how animate did you all this do on that? the Wii? How like, did the you scope the scope of those areas too? Was just like what? How yeah, did... oh wizards! I had such a great time exploring this game and and cool. like actually doing the side quests that I did run into. You know, I like. Like there were times where I would spend a few hours just kind of oh like I'll just run here and oh there's a quest here I'll I'll do it I'm collecting this shit anyway <laughs> and like the collectopedia like where you find items and, and stuff like I I weirdly liked all that stuff it was just like it was just there it's it, it, it's all pretty automatic you don't have to engage with it too much my favorite quests are the ones where when you do them you just get the reward and don't have to go talk to nobody <laughs> yeah um. 
uh, I think, like, the Definitive Edition, like, Future Connected was a fun thing, even though story-wise it dropped the ball. Uh, yeah. But 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 it did do a lot of things, like, it did do a lot of, con- uh, like, fun, cool little things with the combat. Like, um, it was really fucking weird, like, having, like, 16 no-pawns follow you around in combat and just doing their thing and, like, replacing the... Uh, 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 the big attacks with like these gigantic no pawn cacophonies of just fucking absolute <laughs> absurdity. Um, so funny. And the no pawn characters they introduce in that are just super super strong too. They are like like I don't like no pawns at all. Uh, I, you don't like them. You love them. Oh, I like I I love these two. They're fantastic. Ricky gets a pass too because Ricky's pretty goddamn cool by the end of things. Really. Um, I feel like Xenoblade yeah. One is maybe peak peak Nopon. Yeah, yeah, Nopon's in Xenoblade there's Two. There's peak Valley, and then there's Val. There's peak Nopon, and then there's Valley. Then no there's Va- and Valley Nopon <laughs> is fucking bad. <laughs> like, oh my god, Tora is just oh my god, he's insufferable. What oh. if Nopon instead of like a cool dad, he's horny? And that's all. That's girls. his whole character. Is he's just, that's everything he is. What if he's Teddy, but kind oh, of worse? Dark. Oh God, that's dark. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a game that I'm just, I just so glad. Like, like I'm so Aww. happy. Like th- that's why this this is so high. It's just like I've wanted to like this game for so long, and I've tried so many times over the last ten years to 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 make it happen. And it's just something always put me off of it. And then it's just like this time it was like no it, it finally stuck like it got its claws into me and I'm just like eager to jump into Xenoblade three can't wait fuck it. <laughs> hashtag every Xeno game is good there you go Nailed including it. two I mean maybe I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles two is good for some people that is not a game for me I there are just too many I, things I do not like fundamentally about that game systems that I will never agree with and want to engage with so. I we'll love that I had the like the epic five year journey of Xenoblade, like playing it on and off. Yeah. And then now you've got the ten year journey the of ten year the journey Wii. that finally ends in, in in triumph. It feels so good. Yeah. It, it felt <laughs> it felt so good to finally finish this game and be on like the team that's like waving the banner for it because this game yeah. this game Ox is cast ever- approved. Yes, this and game. I, I played. I played Xeno. I booted up Xenoblade One. I beat it in a month, and then I played like four more Xeno games. Oh, jeez. This game. So is, we all had an arc with it. Absolutely, this game is everything everybody said and more. Like it's so fucking good. Like it's unfucking assailable. Awesome. That is my number two, John. I do believe you got a listener list for us. I sure do. This one's from Straka Lillian. <clears throat> Hi, SMP. Kind of a new member in the on the Discord. Hey, I know that. Um, a long time, bud. Hi, SMPS crew and community. Over the last couple of years, the SoxCast Gotti episode has quickly become one of my favorite December traditions, and I'm excited to find out what I'll be playing in 2023. Before I share my own top three, please allow me to voice my special appreciation to two groups this year, translators of obscure 2D-era JRPGs for opening new doors to the strange, wild, forgotten places of the past, and to queer game dev weirdos for illuminating the possibility of a future that's worth anything. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell yeah to both of those. God that's damn. That's definitely a trend that I notice. Mm-hmm. My picks to follow. Number three, Chorus, Piercing of Dark Moon Tower by Get Storm 4. Hashtag Chorus Sweep. Hashtag Chorus Sweep. 
a glimpse of a better world where everyone is their truest self and the only constraints are on our wrists. Chorus's unabashed eroticism and DIY spirit (laughs) inspired me to make two self-indulgent little games about my persona between August and now. And I'm heading into heading into 2023, still crackling with excitement to make more. Fuck yes. Um, number two, Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War by Super for Super Nintendo. Mm. The strangest Fire Emblem I've played, Genealogy quietly dispenses with numerous series conventions in order to pursue its own pursue its own iconoclastic vision. As even my tiniest actions ripple beyond accounting across every future battle and story beat, the drama takes on a mythical aura that charges the world with potential energy down to the smallest digit, making for one of the richest, chunkiest possibility spaces I've ever inhabited. Shout out to Telemelt for allowing me and my best friend in Japan to embark on this 13-month journey together. Like we were right next to each other on the couch in my parents' basement. Yeah, they pecked through this one slowly. That's really... With with their friend. I think that's so cool. That's so cool. And now here's a really cool number one pick. Wash Out Spire by June Flower. There you go. This game felt like crawling out of the deepest pit of despair and powerlessness into the second (laughs) deepest pit of depression just bearable (laughs) enough to function. Like with this Eternal Space Jail RPG, another monumental work of queer despair in my game of the year 2018, the real meat is in finding reasons to keep going going in the face of overwhelming hopelessness. Inspired in this case through crushingly hard massacre <laughs> platforming, I wanted to yell, cry, throw my controller, collapse on the floor, explain what I was feeling to someone else, but no words came out. All I could do was keep limping forward and hope <laughs> I would get through. Reaching in was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in a video game, but I did it nice. i think it's a masterpiece even at the same time as it's trying to hard it's hardest to make me give up i'm glad i didn't fuck yeah i watched you i watched um Sreka, uh just in the channel stream and there's they, they were just stream chunks of the game so yeah. i just got to peck in and watch them bang their head on one part of washout <laughs> spire so i think they posted a lot about it on twitter as well because i remember mm-hmm. watching somebody and i'm pretty sure it was them uh Posting yeah, that was stuff. they very earnestly fell completely in love with that game, which yeah. I think is so cool. Yeah, that's red. Um, here's wishing everyone in the sock zone a cozy and plentiful winter respite. All right, thank back you at very you. much, Sreka. All right, I do believe I have another listener list. Yeah, we're we're kind of just burning through them right now. We're getting them <laughs> now. We're getting into the thick of it. All right, this one comes from Sarah's Fem. This is a VTuber friend of mine, so shout outs is Pim's top three games for this year. No order. Here's a classic that I'm sure a lot of people will agree with. Earthbound, Mother 2. I've always heard how good and influential Earthbound was. I just had no good way to play it. So when Nintendo added it to the online service this year, I knew I needed to play it. Now what makes it good? Great pixel art, a soundtrack that slaps, and the story... <clears throat> and uh, the story is... Oh, oh, I think she may have forgot to type something there. <laughs> uh, the story is off the rails weird at times, and I personally love that kind of stuff. Some of the characters are lovable. Others are just straight up easy to dunk on. Poor Jeff. <laughs> the <laughs> game influenced so many other games I have played. Examples of Amori and Undertale. <clears throat> and since playing Earthbound, I'm seeing the influence it's had on its on other creators. I know it's a meme, but I truly want Nintendo to release Mother 3 in English, as I'd love to go back to Shigesato Itoi's zany and fun world. Yeah, I think we can all agree. John, get your... God, Mother 3 was so cool. Get your tally out, John. John, yeah, tally, right, tally, right. tally time. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. 
Oh shit! All right, Kirby makes another Kirby makes another appearance. I had this game on my radar from the moment it was announced. It's Kirby. He's instant serotonin for Pim. He's round. He's cute. It's a feel-good game. It can be challenging, but figuring out what Kirby was gonna put in his mouth next was such a delightful surprise. I love the way people talk about this game. Mouthful mode. Mouthful mode. <laughs> it controls. You don't have to get back. Yes, are you Rhett, it's the only way you can talk of you can only talk about mouthful mode when people think they're in your mouth. <laughs> mouthful <laughs> mode. Maybe do the new socks ASMR experience. Yeah, there you go. It controls good for the Switch. Levels are creative and cute. Of course, without spoiling, the game has a wild ending that has that had me genuinely laughing and surprised at what was going to happen next. It's a fun platformer. Serotonin for days. And the last game on Pimmy's list is Cult of the Lamb. This game is a cross between so many things I am interested in. Cults, cute animals, sheep protagonists, and farming slash management aspects. This game just feels good to play. <clears throat> it's weak as it does feel repetitive at times, but there's beauty in ro- That's the beauty of roguelites. I hope I use that right. I hope I use the right word there. Oh, and the music is by Riverboy? It is 150% my jam. I love this game. And the Twitch integration added fun community engagement for viewers and creators. I definitely will be keeping an eye on this studio. All three were also games that I streamed, and I really enjoyed streaming them, so that could have some influence on why I picked them too. As somebody who has literally chosen games of the year based on fantastic streaming experiences, yeah, yeah, that plays a pretty big role. Much love from your guardian angel sheep goofball, Pim. Thank you for the list, Pim. Right, very good list, Pim. Rhett. Rhett, it is time for your number two. Let's go. Up in front of the firing squad. What's your number two? What is better than all? We're we're bringing it all together here. Yep. Okay, the triangle, the pyramid is nearing the peak. (laughs) The peak of Rhett. (laughs) <laughs> we've had adventure games we have visual novels we've had action games we're blending them all together mm-hmm. to get my number two so there was going to be another running gag on this and i'm glad it kind of fell off because john had a much better yeah, one with the rpg thing way better <laughs> but basically for one of my honorable mentions i was gonna go oh this one is two games in one mm-hmm. and then for uh for great ace attorney i was gonna say this one's also two games mm-hmm. So for my number two, this one is not two games, actually, though. This one is four games. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the most games that have ever been bundled into one pick. The, the biggest sheet of all time. Because I thought it would be extremely unfair to kind of wreck my list by having to enter this four times. Yeah. My number two is The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah! Fucking four in the same year I played. (laughs) God! (laughs) God! The most JRPG I could stuff into my mouth until there was no more. Because if the fifth, if the next one was out, I probably would have played it by now. Probably already! Fucking God. The only way it stopped was for there to not be any more left. Yeah, like, it just had to actually end. And then and you went into Tales because you wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> then I played fucking Berseria. <laughs> was the, like, that one was funny because it was, like, 
off-brand trails yeah, at that point where it's like it does bit, so yeah. much so similar and the final dungeon when i said uh, i played a lot of games that felt like this where it's like oh here's like off-brand falcom final dungeon <laughs> <laughs> and i like that one it was my number 10 it, it also did some things very different than trails but yeah trails of cold steel is my number no it two. kills people <laughs> yeah people actually die in that game which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um god it's I don't know what else there is to say about this series because I've talked about it so yeah, many times. It's over. such like, hey, this has kind of been my game of the year where I started talking about it like in January when yeah. I finished the first one at least. Yeah, and then I think I played the first one. I finished the first one late January, and then immediately did Half Life, and then immediately went into Cold Steel Two or something. Mm-hmm. Where that one was just the most like okay, bang, banging them out, and then. And then immediately after Cold Steel 2 was Elden Ring, mm-hmm. like just just rapid fire bangers. Like, like Cold think, Steel has been like a connective fiber for you this year. Yeah. But he was just like every three months. OK, start the next one. OK, <laughs> fucking head deep into it for a, a little over a month each time. Like yeah. come up for air and play a couple other games. OK, back in it. <laughs> like Cold Steel 3 especially was just. I got so into that one that it was a little suffocating where oh, it's just wow. like yeah. I tuned out all other media. Yeah, just everything else is dead right now. And I was, I didn't even go into it trying to do that. It was just so immediately engaging. It was yeah. just like, oh, well, this this is just going to fucking go for a bit until it ends. And then the way that one ends, Jesus fucking. Uh, <sighs> I really really liked these games yeah like like, it's so dope rat like warts and all even if they're you know a little wonky they're a little samey they're a little samey they fall into their tropes but they execute those tropes yeah it's still gusto it's still fucking trails man and they still (laughs) it still hits the way that good trails does when it is good fucking trails and it is good trails most of the time yeah like Cold Steel One is extremely slow. Like if I was actually doing individual games on the list, that one probably would have been an honorable mention. Yeah, the other three absolutely would have been near the top. I think Cold Steel Four obviously has its moments where it falls the most into the tropiness of like you are doing <laughs> the same thing for the third time yeah. in this franchise. But also, so like. Like I said, I've hyper hyper focused on a certain type of game this year, and Cold Steel <laughs> maybe probably being the purest. Like it is the pinnacle idea. of ret. Yeah, it is the purest distillation of that idea. So dope. Whereas John tries to do other things, <laughs> <laughs> and by other things I mean read books. What are and those? Like, read like fantasy books like not even just lord of the rings but like just yeah the other franchises you've been into i don't do that so like legend of heroes is like the one big connected series that i'm into and for me it's just something i've not really experienced before like mm-hmm. having the stuff in cold steel 4 when it is referencing stuff that happens in first chapter of sky oh man insane it hits you nine games in and stuff still matters still gets brought up 
Like you really just like feel it. Fucking feel it. The characters <laughs> and their growth. Like those characters just being there. Like we've made it. We've come so far from this little moment in yeah. time to this grand stage. And this one goes the most big. The, the most, most grand, grand of stages. It could have been a finale for this franchise. It really gets yeah. that big and climactic. <laughs> like it's I'm like I got to a character select screen one time and oh just fucking <laughs> laughed. I just laughed. <laughs> it's just insane. And like having played all of, I'm kind of repeating myself when I talked about this earlier, like having played all of the Sky games, having played the two crossbell games, like brought so much more weight to things that happen in this game. Like, there are moments when threads converge and it's just, you're not, when you've played everything and you're not missing out on some big things, like like the way Polly said, you had to play Zero before Cold Steel 3. Yeah. Like, you have to have, when have you have to. the full context and the weight of, you know, Characters meeting for the first time nine games in is oh, just God. Im- fucking immeasurable. <laughs> and also, and also, they're all extremely good JRPGs. Yeah. I think two was my favorite. Like, if I was to truly do an individual, because two had the scariest fights. Oh, God. I think yeah. The one flaw was that three and four, even though I played all of them on hard. Three and four still got really easy. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to break those games. Like they give you yeah. so many good tools. They give you a few tools and a few too many like damage multipliers. Where it's like, hey, two hundred percent damage on your first attack. Oh, your first attack is a two hundred SP craft while boosted. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> and then you're also doing like fifty percent more damage for fifty percent more delay. But you know the multipliers get out of control. And I remember Iffy being like, "Oh yeah, I hit for like half a million and just one shotted these bosses." <laughs> yeah, it's really just casual. <laughs> it's very silly. I remember a boss in Cold Steel Two being incredibly scary, and then like one shotting the entire party mm-hmm. through adamantium guard. Oh! Like for the first time, it just goes, "I'll cancel," and just everybody dies anyways. And I'm just like. What? Well, yes. fuck me. One, one boss did one boss did that way for one attack in Azure, and I was just like, um, "Fuck yes! Oh my god!" <laughs> yes. So it was unfortunate to fight that same character again in four and kind of steamroll. Kind of just be a steamroll. Yeah. yeah. Four really was just like victory lap towards the end, except for one fight that was extremely scary. So it did still it still got you when it really counted. Mm. Good. Reen is extremely cool. He's maybe not. I, he's maybe not Lloyd, but God, his journey is just Lloyd. really satisfying. Yeah, still, it, it, I, Reen can I, be not as good as Lloyd and still be fantastic. Reen gets yeah. a lot of shit as a protagonist, and I get it. Like he does. Like yeah. they, they did kind of build him in this like ultimate. They built it, like he feels like he was modeled after Kirito in a lot of ways. Uh, if we're yeah. being honest, yeah, just like everybody loves him, and it's just like it. Like, I see why a lot of people don't like him, but his journey of, like, coming to terms with the things that he has to and growing up and, and, like, having to grow up the way that he has to, um, Um, just, like, yeah, like, that's a solid fucking journey. Like, Mm -hmm. he's kind of lame in the first game and, like, endearing in a charming way, and then he's so fucking cool in 4. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, (laughs) I want to give shout-outs to the fucking dub cast, uh, especially Sean. Mm -hmm. 
Sean Chiplock, yeah. his his job is Reen, and the way he brings that human element to Reen is just ah, like, and the way that he's able to dig deep for for Reen when Reen is uh, in altered states. Let's say the way he's yeah. able to dig deep for those those lines, it made like Reen absolutely fucking terrifying. Awesome, that's so yeah. cool. So. Yep, that's my number two. Damn, that's just fucking <laughs> In any a... other year, obviously, this should have been... I mean, I think if it was just Elden Ring versus Cold Steel 2, I'm not sure how that would toss up, but, mm-hmm. like, with the entire saga, it had mm-hmm. to be Cold Steel. Shit, man. <laughs> that's so cool, dude. This, feel, this feels fitting. This feels right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you should be happy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm very so happy I'm to so play more as they come out. These games. It's going to be so scary not having one every three months, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. You get to wait. Wait with the rest of everyone. Uh, <laughs> I got yeah, I got I'm, Azure and Reverie next year, man. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked. Maybe, it, maybe if you yell at them on Twitter, they'll localize them. Faster. That'll definitely <laughs> help. Yeah. Definitely work yelling at companies on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All so, uh, right. John. John, I've got a listener list mm. from Gesh eighty six. I know that guy. He likes Toho. It's true. Hollow Socks cast team. I've got an uncharacteristically late submission for you. Sorry for barely making the deadline. It's also an uncharacteristically mainstream list, as oh. I unfortunately hardly got around to scavenging for Toho titles this year. <laughs> That's that. Here it goes. First place, Elden Ring, PS4 hey. 2022, a game so monumental it redefined the do's and don'ts of the open world action RPG. It also really hit the spot for me with its atmosphere and overall unpredictability. It's such a highlight for me, I wouldn't just put it in the game of the year list, but mention it to anyone as one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. Didn't think anything would make it there again with me being in my grizzled mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that old, right? I'm getting close. Um, second place, Total War Warhammer 3. A strategy game that has an extremely rough launch. This one's come up twice, right? Um, yeah. With the sins so typical of AAA releases. On its own merit, it would probably not have been able to get a silver medal for me. Yet I played a ton of cooperative campaigns with my best friend since the kindergarten over the span of this year. Reconnecting with him through this game makes it bigger than the sum of its parts. Hell oh. yeah. Fucking love that kind of shit. Third place. First mention I, of I the podcast. I thought this was going to get snubbed and then I realized, oh, Gesh did put this on here. Uh huh. Very first, very first mention. God of War Ragnarok wow. for PS4. <laughs> I finally know somebody that played it. The newest God of War installment may have ha, may have this big game award rivalry with Elden Ring, but no one says I can't have a great time with both. Just mm. about everything God of War 2018 did well, this one does just as much. Still, some t- risks were taken that were worth taking. With the best new addition, in my opinion, being a situationably playable Atreus. Nice. Um, happy holidays, Gesh eighty six. Hey. Always happy to hear from our pile, Gash. All right. I do believe we have another listener list. One more. We got two more. Well, well, well one, one more, more to then, read. Yeah. One more. T- our last red list, Rhett. Take us I home. Think this, I think this hey, is my well. longest one, too. Very oh. smart putting it at the end. Hi, this is William. I haven't played as many games as I've wanted to recently, but I still... Th- I think about the ones I have spent time with this year ended up being really special. As as for my top three games, here goes. Number three, Higurashi, When They Cry. Yes! I put this at number one, but I haven't finished it yet. Understandable. 
I wish they put where they were so that we, we yeah. could be like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing it very slowly, live reading, live reading it for the first time with friends, and it's been one of my favorite experiences ever. I know a lot of people in the community had gotten to, into it in the previous year. I wish I'd been around for that. But Aww. I can totally see why it made so many waves. Hina Mizawa feels so real to me. I care so much about all the characters. Yes. The balance of realize, realism with, of its drama with the folk, folk horror aspects gives it an emotional core that just resonates with me entirely. It's rare that a game strikes me the way it has, and now I'm obsessed with playing Mahjong. I can't wait to see it through to the end. Hey, enjoy the <laughs> ride! Mahjong is fun. It's very funny how so many members of the community yes. have been playing Mahjong like, because of Higurashi. Because Higurashi, because like, hey man, I want to have those cool Akasaka moments too. Everyone wants to be as cool as Akasaka. I, we no, we, we can never. Number two, Puyo Puyo. <laughs> Really curveball in there. Curveball. Yeah. A game so perfect it literally forced me to permanently change my Twitter handle. Hell yeah. I actually played a ton of different games in the series, but they're all kind of variations of the same rules. That's fair. Uh, either way, P- Puyo blew me, blew my mind when I f- started to fully grasp it. Grasp it. The competitive aspect of the game is extremely cool. It's hard to describe, but there is really... But there really is offense slash defense and reaction timing in the same way there is in fighting games. Plus, it's so expressive in play. There's like different schools of strategy and community names, combos, and setups. It's something that I aim to get good at. Poyo, I had a funny arc with Poyo this year because I at some point I realized like every third cute anime character is oh my God. anime yeah, demo character Puyo I was character. retweeting art of I found out was a Poyo character I was just I like what? I can't believe how many times that happened unironically where I thought for sure he's going to recognize that he retweeted Arl like the main <laughs> girl and then every time I pointed out you're like what? I think I recognized Arl and I didn't know her name was Arl and I recognized the devil devil boy I, I think it's like literally Satan or something that's very good okay thank you for giving me a little break uh number one umurangi generation oh, i haven't yeah. played this game since oh you i don't know what this is i know this game it's a photography uh, it's a photography game okay oh nice i haven't played this game since january but i still think about it every day umurangi is a photography game in the sim- vein similar to pokemon snap but the levels are free to explore via platforming and it has fully simulated camera with real photo post-processing features mm-hmm. Urban photography cool. is a real-life hobby of mine, it's ama- and it's amazing how well this game scratches that itch. It turns the acts of exploring a city block and spotting interesting shapes and places into a challenge, and literally making puzzles out of finding the right angle for certain photos. It would be great if it was just that, but the narrative set and setting it sets up is also genuinely compelling, telling a story of resistance against oppression in an Evangelion-inspired dystopian society, and the power of photography within that. I seriously recommend this one with all my heart. Okay, that's it. Can't wait to hear everyone else's lists. William. Well, thanks so much for contributing, Will. Yep, yep, yep. As a new person that came to the server from Twitter when everyone was... Oh, yeah, like like the, the mass exodus. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Well... One more list. We are down to our final, absolute final listener list. This one comes from Clever Pigeon, who is another VTuber friend of mine. Uh, and this one is about seven minutes long. So <laughs> let's all get very comfy and enjoy some soothing British vibes in three, two, one, play. 
Hello, Polly and other SoxCast presenters. I'm sorry, I only know Polly. Um, anyway, I'll try and keep this relatively short and snappy. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm pretty good at running my mouth about the games I've played, so we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? Three games. They're all actually pretty recently released uh, in the grand scheme of things. Number one, in no particular order, is An Outcry, uh, which is a Ooh, real horror yeah. RPG uh, made chiefly by someone who was the main translator into English of a game called Off, which is a cult classic from from 2008, I think. Um, this game, though, I think it does stand on its own two feet. But I thought, I'd, you know, you may have heard uh, of their work from such things as. But anyway. Um, it's a game about an uprising of bigotry and fascism. And it does this via a metaphor of uh birds fascism is represented by birds and you think well i wonder where they got that from uh i (laughs) i started playing it the day after um a certain south african man bought a certain social network so um yeah they really sort of hammered that one home for me the bird metaphor um it takes place in vienna in 2017, I think on the night of the 14th of October, uh, it's set in an apartment block uh, and a few locations outside the apartment block. It's a very small map, but it works It works with it very well. Very dialogue-heavy, lots of branching paths, lots of different choices. There are two main routes, there are five endings, uh, and it's one of those games that's not afraid to make you feel bad if you like make bad choices. It's the kind of game where you choose to do something bad and the game's like, fuck you for doing something bad. Which, to be honest, I kind of like it when games do that, so it's fine by me. Um, All right, game two, Jet the Far Shore. Oh, sorry, An Outcry was released in 2022, January 5th, I think. Yes. Sorry, uh, game two, Jet the Far Shore, um, which came out October 5th, 2021. Um... Yeah, that's it's a weird game. It's very slow paced. It's a sort of exploration game. Uh you fly around a little ship that skims above the land uh or water. Uh you have to set up stuff. The plot is that uh you are part of a group of scouts who are following something called the Himwave to a distant planet called the Far Shore so that they can uh keep their civilization alive, keep their species alive. It's a pretty slow-paced game, like I said. It's very dialogue-heavy. It's a little bit janky sometimes, some of the controls, some of the handling of the um, the ship, which is called a jet. Two Ts. Uh, so it's like not a, a regular jet, because, you know, it's got to be fancy, right? Anyway, um, it can get annoying uh, sometimes how slow it is, especially the characters all speak really slowly. Um but I enjoyed it. It's got a certain charm to it, a certain heart to it, I think. Um, the game does end somewhat abruptly, but early next year, apparently, there is a second full-length campaign coming out called Given Time. So I'm hoping that in that, uh, some more plot stuff will be elaborated, some more threads will be resolved, such and such. Okay, game number three. Uh... This one's called Stephanie. This came out on the 12th of April, 2022. Oh. Uh, full disclosure, I worked on Stephanie. I oh. I did QA for it. And oh, nice. Yeah. Um, 
but I was it was pretty close to release. Uh, I wasn't like a team lead or anything. Uh, I just I put in a bit of help, um, and what I played was pretty close to the final game. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I thought I'd put a disclaimer. I'm not being like paid to tell you about Stephanie or anything. Sure. I, just, I also liked it and worked on it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a 3D parkour platformer. It's about three people trapped on an uninhabited island uh, that's a lot more alive than it first appears. Uh, the three characters, they all have different backgrounds, but they all have a shared uh, link to the island of Taiwan, um, which informs their relationship with each other and it also informs their relationship with the island. You get to see all of these interlinking relationships between the three people and the island sort of develop. It's a non-violent game. You learn about uh, the island and its species. You link with the species on the island, uh, which is a little puzzle mini-game. Um, which is an interesting break-up from the parkour mechanics of the rest of the game. Uh, it's Again, it's a narrative-heavy game. There's a lot of text. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. You can clearly see where my preferences lie. I'm very much a narrative kind of person. Um, it's also got, though, an extensive post-game. Uh, it's good for fans of challenging platforming, fans of people who like to go and collect all the little uh, stuff, all the little bits and pieces that can be thrown around in games. Like It's good for people who like that kind of thing. Um, it's a kind of bittersweet game, but as with all games by the studio that makes it, called Analgesic Productions, uh, I think there are life lessons to be learned from it. It's a kind of game that you come away from feeling like you've been taught something, which I don't think is a bad thing. Some people might find that preachy, but you know, I don't mind. I like learning from the media I uh, consume. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, An Outcry, Jet the Far Shore, and Stephanie. Those are my three games of the year for this year. Uh, and they're all pretty recently released, which isn't always a given for the games I play. So there you go. Anyway, thanks for listening to me ramble on. I hope this wasn't too long. Sorry if it was. Uh, <laughs> have a good rest of the podcast, everybody. And see you around. Bye. Thank you, Clever Pigeon, for... Thank the, you so much for the lovely list. The very cool list. Very much appreciated. Yep. I still haven't played Safani yet, but I had to play every previous... <laughs> Game, game. So, yeah. yeah, but I totally get what you mean about the theming in those games just always being nice. Yeah, yeah. Don, sure. when you mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier, like, oh, this game was made by the translator of Off. I was like, why do I know that? Oh, it's because somebody else put it in their list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody <laughs> else put it that. in. And with that, the guest lists are done. There's only a couple of more things to do. We're not going to jump to the big one yet. First of all, there, there, there are games I would like to think of them as our treasured number 11s. <laughs> <laughs> the games that did not quite make the list. We can go around and, 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 ha- and get folks to kind of fire off, uh, you know, what your honorable mentions of the year are. I guess since this is the order, we'll start with John. So I've got I've got a handful here. Um, Cecile mentioned this. Ella's mentioned this. Akato Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just a fucking great shmup from X Cave Devs. Um, over here, it is mobile only. 
Wow. <laughs> um, I played it to death on my phone. I played it for like 10, 12 hours and mm-hmm. I beat it. Um, it's really, really fun. It's honestly the actual thing that it would be like high on the list. It would be like around blue revolver. Mm-hmm. It could be if it was just like if there, if I could play it with the controller and more importantly, if it had a normal credit run, because instead of having normal arcade mode, it just has, um, you, you reset to two lives and zero score at the beginning of each stage. It's really only score attack and, there's no reason I can think of to do that except to make the phone version feel less legitimate compared with the extremely expensive, exclusive Ar- X Arcadia release. So mm. th- this would this could have been high up on the list, but everything about like the marketing pisses just pisses yeah. me off. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna slam through four itch games that really, really I really liked. I really liked Dead Girl's Notebook from Aria the Flowers. Um, I really liked the Ouroboros Incident and Stare Down on Domino Club. Um, you can go to uh, check out both of those. And I really liked Madoxigi's Closet from Bagenzo, which is a um, Yume Nikki fan game slash like um, personal like essay diary thing. It's really, really cool. Um, the one Alisoft rep, I played Dona Dona this year. I liked it a lot. Oh. Didn't like it enough to include on my list. Yeah, that's got a that's got a little kick in the pants. I'm now sorry. I got, that was the yeah. one I was actually pinning his game of the year. Yeah, so. that, like it hadn't appeared, so I thought, oh, like I think I know where we're going. <laughs> no, it just it you know it didn't go super hard at the end. It was like like a venicle <laughs> I was comparing with Trails games, and then this is more like all right, you, this was like a fun. It, it felt like they were like setting up for a sequel, and like that's when you don't have a sequel, that's never a good a good sell for me. Um, well, absolutely nothing else objectionable about the game, I think. It did um, go super hard at the end, but weren't you super hard the entire time? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would still recommend a Venicle or Rance. Yeah, um, true. Gotcha. Um, I'm very excited to get back to Rance. Mm. Um, two SNES games. I fucking loved Magical Poppin'. Yeah, just that game's so great. good. And just fucking love Majuo. Yep. Um, oh God, Majuo is so good too. God, it's yeah. so good. It's crunchy it's as all, fuck. It's crunchy as fuck, and it's like horny in like an eighties overway. It, it's like yeah. my Sinoji <laughs> energy. Yep. Um, this is the one, and then lastly, this not lastly, but this is the one that I felt saddest about cutting mm-hmm. was Quest for Glory. So you want to be a hero? Um, I. This is just a really nice adventure game slash RPG hybrid where the languages work together in ways that are frustrating, but also <laughs> really, really cool. And it has a climax with a person you don't fight. You're trying to like break something's control over them. And the, you're, the final boss is somebody who is hopelessly stronger than you and you have to be clever to get out of it. Um, it's so, it's such a cool vision for what RPGs can be. And it's from like the late eighties mm-hmm. uh, there's so many more they're all very well loved. Um, and there's just this bit from the instruction manual where they say, it feels good to go to this virtual world and leave things just a little bit better than you found them. And I'm like, that's it. That's what I love in RPGs. I love coming away feeling like I made this little this little world a better place. A little better place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's just such a nice energy. And I think my last honorable mention, I'm going to give this to Umineko Chapter 3. Wow! 
I don't know if a game has ever <laughs> fucked me up. Oh like this God, God yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, like, Rhett was like, Fata Morgana, too sad, cannot list high. Umineko, too much. Yeah. <laughs> cannot list. Girls uh, were too mean. Girls were way too scheme mean. Review. The this game, the girls so... are too mean. <laughs> like, me and Polly got messed up by this one, but this one was so specific to where you were yeah, at the time that it so hit that it was targeted. actually too much. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I haven't touched too many since. I'm just it's like, understandable. Fuck. Episode three is fucking mean, dude. I've never been triggered like by a game like that. It's so I, I promise up. it won't get you again. Yeah, bad. it's not. No, I'm sure. Like it's played its dirtiest fucking trick on you. Oh, I just fuck Ryukishi. Not, not fuck Ryukishi, but like fuck, comma Ryukishi. You got him. <laughs> got you him. Got me. him. <laughs> fucking got me, you dick. <laughs> Polly, what are your honorable mentions? Uh, I liked Needy Streamer Overload a lot. Um, I was I was wondering where this was going to show up. I'm like, this can't be game of the nah, year, right? Nah, it's a it's a solid little game though. I liked it. Um, there that like I don't want to like I don't know. There's like I like there's an ending I really love and I wish it would have ended on, but I don't know if I want to spoil yeah. it or not. You shouldn't. I know what that one is it, actually. It's, it's yeah, very okay. cool. Yeah, it's a very cool thing that you do. And I was just like, that. Why didn't it end there? Um, Graceful Explosion Machine, which is by the devs, nice. the devs who did uh, Super Crush KO, but it's a fucking shmup, but it has beat em up mechanics. It's it's very interesting. It's it, it's it's got a beat em up style. It's very weird. It's it's I've not played a game like it before. Um, uh, visual novel Robotics Notes Elite, which was just a nice. fantastic little growing up story and, and and a story about finding your own purpose and and stepping out of the shadow. Uh, to, to to be your own person. Uh, just uh, really, really a lot of good resonating vibes there. I liked it a lot. Uh, Vampire Survivors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just a fan-fucking-tastic piece of work. Absolutely love that game. We've, we've heard enough about it already. Booster Blade. Um, Booster, oh, nice! I'm yeah, happy to see this. Booster Blade is a fantastic little game where you just you cannot stop moving. You're just flying perpetually, and you've got to navigate these big mazes and... and, and fight through these little action set pieces and it's just it's super good it's like 12 or 10 or 12 levels it's over in like 40 minutes or so it's free on itch just go look up booster blade it's fantastic um another one I, another little action uh actiony game that i like played it real early in the year uh udonga in cross um yes this <laughs> is a cute little Mega Man x game starring racing uh from the toho series um just, is it really pronounced Cross, even though it's obviously a Mega Man X ripoff? Yeah, it's called Cross. It's called <laughs> That's U- funny. Udonga in Cross. So, uh, yeah, I like this game a lot. It, it, it's like I, I think a lot of people were disappointed that you don't get powers after every level, but it's just, it's not a game that needed that. It's just really crunchy, solid platforming with some awesome yeah. fucking boss fights, uh, and I cool. liked it a lot. And it, here's here's an honorable mention that it's at the top of my honorable mentions because it it had a chance at being 11 and I know that it'll shock people because they probably don't know that I really still had a lot of positive opinions about it despite the fact that I didn't seem like it. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, uh, nice. Cool. I, I think that I, I like beat-em-up games that get it and, and, and that is a beat-em-up that like it lets you get in your cool shit, but also it's still really hard. Um, and I think that this game rides that balance really well. Yes, I think this game is too long. 
um but the content that is there is all good there's no like awful part of the game that I, I can think of at all like i liked playing all the stages like they're all still good um like all of the characters feel really good like the action just punching or, or just like swinging your weapon at throwing throwing foot soldiers around and shit. it feels incredible like this is a beat-em-up that just captures all that and and on top of the fact that just like it is made by people that clearly fucking love tm that 80s tmnt cartoon so fucking much it's got so many fucking like like deep cuts for characters it's just like how good lord i didn't even remember that fucking character and i watched this every morning before school um but yeah, like this game deserves all the praise that it got. It, it's a bummer. Like I wish I could sit down and just do an arcade mode run through, but I don't want to play an hour and a half of a beat 'em up. So I'm happy to play it like in switch or, or in, in story mode and then just restart my file or whatever anytime I want to play it. Uh, yeah, I played through this a good four or five times, and I even got the physical version on Switch. I imported that shit actually, yeah, awesome. um, because limited run games was never going to put it out because fuck them, they're stupid. <laughs> uh, like it was either wait till October or just buy it in July or August when I w- I just want it now. Like give it to me and and, and, and like I played it on Game Pass the day it came out and I, I was a little warm or, or a little cool on it. But when I got it on the Switch and when I just started kind of like you know pulling it out and playing a couple stages and then you know putting the Switch back and then come back play another couple stages and it's like, oh hey it actually feels kind of good. I like this game a lot and you know I've like I've finished the game with like three of the characters now. No. I, is it still is it still TMNT? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just thinking I, that I like this the, is sort of the same same issue that with me and Akato Blue is like the content is great. The structure is where it kind of yeah. loses us a little bit. I wish this game would have had like problem. I wish this game would have had like three routes you could play, and each of them were mm-hmm. like six stages long. That would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, those are my honorable mentions. Rat cool. Okay, so I'm going to be extremely brief on the honorable mentions. There were two things that got bumped at the last minute on my list mm-hmm. because of uh, Fata Morgana and Bristaria. Mm-hmm. So in one of those was going to be two games. It was going to be Vampire Survivors and Hollow Cure. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I, had, I had quite a good time with those two at the start, and then I fell off them extremely hard. Yeah, yeah. I never got back to Vampire Survivors after it launched officially. Basically, I played a shitload of Vampire Survivors mm-hmm. and like played it like kind of perpetually as the updates were coming up for like the first half like, of the yeah, update cycle for a long time. And then, and then Holocure came out, and I played the fuck out of that, and then I was done. Yeah, because <laughs> the update for Holocure came out, and I did not care. I like for some reason it didn't have stage two unlocked for me. I had to beat stage one again. Oh, I just was like, yeah. I was just like, nope, I really don't care. And then vampire survivors did 1.1. I did one run on the new stage to beat it, like properly beat it. And I was just like, okay, I'm good. Did they like, like did you, re- when you, with vampire survivors, did your save file get completely nuked when they moved to official? No, it, it did not. It was still like okay. My save complete. file got completely nuked, and that's why I just oh, never that went back. Oh, that fucking sucks. Because I had like I had done everything, and then just like I came back, like oh, you don't have a save file. Like oh, okay, cool. I don't want oh, to play anymore. Yeah, you're never playing again. God, I think the escalation of those games is really fun towards the start. I think having to purchase once you purchase too much stuff and get too strong, it gets too easy. It's yeah. a little like eh. yeah, like Vampire Survivors. I thought the problem was that. Every weapon they kind of added after the initial like six or seven 
wasn't yeah. very fun to use. Like the weapons got too stupid. Like the fucking cats yeah. or the minecart were just yeah. so stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just like, like it's a very simple type of game, and you've got to kind of do whatever you can. You know, there's only so much yeah. you can do with projectiles, really. Yeah. But again, I had a very good time with those at the start. The production values on Hollow Cure are, is are nuts. That game is incredible. Game. It's so stunning looking. Like you can definitely tell that an animator made it, but like it also plays really well. Yeah. Like it it make it makes advances in that genre that I thought were interesting. Yeah. But then it also only had one stage when I played yeah, it, which yeah. was a bit repetitive. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't stick with it long. Like I, I got a yeah. couple of clears in and was like, Okay, I got you. Yeah. That's fair. I played as Bay um, a few times. I had a good time. Of course, you played as Bay. Rat wife. Rat wife. Um, and the honorable mention, my other honorable mention, my previous number ten that got bumped off. I'm not going to say what it is because I'm so shocked that it has not come up yet in any context huh. that it may be both of your game of the year. Huh. Ooh, all right. Okay. So I'm just going to pocket that one for now, and all I right. think it's time for John's number one. All right, John, here it is. This is the <clears throat> end of 2022. Take us out on a good note. What's the, what's got, what's the Thyreverse got for us? What is my number one of 2022? Hmm. So, I know I said last year I wanted to play fewer <laughs> RPGs in 2022. <laughs> and I did. Right? <laughs> they still get a little <laughs> bit of rep on this list. Just though. a bit. This is the best bit ever. It is. <laughs> Just I love how it just gets str- more exaggerated every time. <laughs> just the teensiest little bit of rap. Snuck through. Uh, I managed to play. I managed to pick eight RPGs out of the ten games I picked this year. God damn, And man. that's without Donna Donna. <laughs> that's without Donna Donna. So... My number one of the year is Planescape Torment. I yeah, that oh, makes a yeah. lot of sense. Uh-huh. Um, this game is—I don't remember what it was. I just like had a moment where I was like, "I want to fucking play Planescape Torment." I saw that it had a Switch port, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Fuck yeah, I'll just jump. I'll get jump in and play it on the Switch." And then I just played it for a couple of weeks and beat it, and was just like, "Oh, that's as good as any game I've ever I've ever played." Um, it's just an extremely good story. Um, this is in the infinity engine. It's very funny playing this before Baldur's Gate yeah, because Baldur's Gate yeah. is the normal RPG. Yeah. You play that. It has a tutorial and you get, you start with one character and you slowly get new characters. They have like, there's a ramp up where it makes a lot of sense. Planescape is just kind of like drops you in this world and it's not hard um, there's way less fighting than Baldur's Gate, um, and probably six or seven times as many words. <laughs> this is a this is like conversation tree. The game, um, it is like all about the prose and the writing and the characters and the setting, um, and it's it's just a really good story, y'all. Mm. Um, I think the um, 
like qualifier I would probably put on it is that this is extremely a story about a shitty dude <laughs> who is like having to reckon with shitty things he's done. And I know that that's a kind of a deal breaker for a lot of folks, understandably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the way this game handles it is very wise. Um, I think the it, the way it holds the character culpable for it, culpable for things, is really smart. Um, it's just like you start you like this. This it's in the planescape setting, which is very cool because it means that there's warps everywhere that drop you between different dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like trigger a warp by like a, a, a portal by like. Oh, this one's triggered by walking under this arch while you have lint in your pocket, and then, or this one's triggered by writing a regret on a piece of paper and holding it, and then walking through, walking under this piece. Um, so that you're just like pull, the whole setting just feels like it's organic, and you're getting pulled around it, and but you're like off kilter. It's it plays like a dream, um, or like you're inside a brain. Um, and the way that plays into the very psychological nature of the story as you play as the nameless one, who's a dude that wakes up on a slab in a mortuary. Mm. Um, and he doesn't remember anything, but he has tattoos on his body telling him things. It's That's, actually exactly like Memento. Yeah, very I was funny. about to say. Memento <laughs> came out, I think, before Memento. Oh, yeah, I think it did. Like, just barely. I, I think they're, it's so weird. So so the the whole thing is this mystery of you piecing together who you are and you're just going through this world and seeing all the ways that your past selves have left a mark on this world almost always for ill um and piecing things together piecing together what happened to you piecing together who is important in your life and the way it all comes together is just so personal and character based and um i to me it's extremely just a companion piece to trails in the sky the third like i feel like they're operating on a lot of the same wavelengths where this Mm -hmm. one is probably a lot more focused on like that one specific journey Yeah, yeah 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 um and it just shocked and surprised me and um because it's partly because it's like a PC RPG from the nineties. It just is a lot darker um, than RPGs that I'm used to. It's a lot more, um, it's got a lot more kind of grit and grime, just the, the city, whatever the name of it, fuck, I forgot what the city is called. Mm -hmm. Um, But the main city is just as grimy and grody as Midgar. It's just, you're just piecing your way through, um, yeah, and you spend like probably two thirds of the game in this city, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so gross. It's sigil mm-hmm. is so gross and dirty, and everyone is out to get everyone is out to get everyone, and everyone is out to pull one over on everyone. Um, it's also just extremely funny. <laughs> I'm just laugh. I laughed constantly playing this game. It's just <laughs> got a very good dark, wry sense of humor to it. Um, you got you got a little bit of that in Baldur's Gate, but this is it's just constant. This is from the team that went on that made Fallout One and Two. Um, it's from they went on to kind of form Obsidian, mm-hmm. um, and 
it's just, it, it's it's all yeah it's it's all the story here it's all being willing to read a whole lot of words it's also you're still like exploring like most of the writing is incidental writing that you discover yourself um so like a good most of the game is exploring this one t- city um and it's just really cool um this is this is popularly beloved as like one of the best PC RPGs ever, but that that's a whole sphere I know next to nothing in. Um, this is this is like the one of this is probably like the talky game that I'm most interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, ha, ca, have you ever heard of Disco Elysium? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was gonna do it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha! Gotcha, bitch! Fucking got me. Um, I thought Rhett was gonna go for it. (laughs) Didn't occur. We're both tired. We're all tired. Oh (laughs) no, I've got I got energy to go, man. I'm all good. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, But yeah, this one this one hit me real hard. I played it and was just like, that feels that feels like that feels like a good number one. Mm. And and then it yeah extremely was. Um, I think there's room to argue that like the RP a lot, it kind of is a lot of RPG stuff. Um, that's kind of, uh, like almost like, it almost feels like a ROM hack of like Baldur's Gate or something Mm -hmm. where they, where they took out the combat and, and made it (laughs) hockey. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of combat. If you don't understand, if you don't dig into the Infinity Engine stuff, you will like run into hard fights that mm. wall you a bit. But then even then the final boss you get past by like you by by doing like a cute adventure game thing. Like Neat. you I think you can kill it, but I could I certainly couldn't. Um There's a twist with the main villain that's very similar to the twist in in third. Mm. Um it's it's just it's just very it's a good it's good fucking writing um uh chris avalon is the guy that made this and i think he brought a lot of energy to fallout and as far as i understand he's an absolute shithead creep for the record yeah, yeah. so cool awesome <laughs> throw that out there two shithead gotties in the row but I fantastic be- you got your honor you honor roll john i know but had to be true to Gotta be true this game hit me this game hit me really really good uh i'm very excited for um i'm i'm just i had a really really good time with western rpgs this year y'all they just i just clicked yeah yeah uh, and played like good. four or five this year that all just fucking clicked every single one of them was just fantastic um i think a lot of the i think i've been kind of hungry for certain kinds of energy like maybe maybe a little bit darker maybe a little bit grimier maybe more like systems but smaller numbers maybe more D shit mm-hmm. like i'm just getting a lot of that right now and it's hitting me so good i've got a lot of games i'm very excited about playing nice or maybe i'll go through down some completely other different rabbit hole who knows cool so that's my number one Ooh, that's a so good it turns one. out you really fucking like RPGs. Yeah. Gee. Hey, I really like RPGs a lot. I just had to play. You just had different to play. kinds of RPGs. Yeah, there you go. I play. I just started playing. I was like, I'm exhausted with RPGs. Last year I played 12 long JRPGs. This year I played 
six long JRPGs, which was my goal, and then a handful of Western RPGs. So, and then of those JRPGs, almost all of them were bangers, except for Final Fantasy IX and Kingdom Hearts, which sucked ass. So, <laughs> Birth by Sleep specifically. Get dishonorable mentions. Dishonorable mentions. So, Polly. Yo. What's your number one? Oh well, it's it. We're finally here, huh? We did okay, it. We, we've... Okay, I was not right. Obviously, I have not played that game. All right, all right. Let's My here we go. Game of the year. Here we go. Last year, there was a a, a bit of a what I call a dark horse game that, mm. as I iterated on my list, uh, it clawed its way up the ranks slowly but surely. Uh, Super Crush KO was that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this year's Dark Horse entry actually fucking made the track. It reached number the peak one. and it is deserving of its placement. Shit. Holy shit. My game of the year is Transaruby. Yes! Fuck yes! Holy shit! I I, this is it. This is the one I was thinking for Polly. Fuck yes! <laughs> the every every iteration of my list. This game literally started at ten. This game started at ten for me and then slipped off the list. I'm sorry. It's fine. I get it. I look. This is funny. I'm, we both had it. At oh 10 my god! I didn't point. even put it on my list. Wow. John just totally fucking. John just it. totally snubbed it. He didn't oh, even honorable Lord. mention it. No way! Did it? Did, surely I played it like last year. When no, no I did play that. It, it came out it late December. It came out in late December. I looked at your fucking I, Steam okay. achievements just now. I played it. I played it December 11th to December 18th. So that's why I didn't think to include it. I played Blue Revolver. I finished that on the 30th. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was on the on my brain is oh. like one that I could transfer using exactly the window where I didn't consider it. Oh, no. transient period. Wow. Oh. Just not All even right. an honorable mention. Not Just, even an honorable mention. Honorable mention, Transaruby. God damn. Fuck. Yeah, Transaruby. Uh, this I, is so. How did this go from ten to one? This is the game. That's an isekai right there. This is the game. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. <laughs> this is the game that made skip more games click for me. Yes. Like definitely. after I, after I finished this game, I literally went back and finished Faerun and Faerun Two, um, and ended up. Hey, Faerun Two literally topped the back half of my list. Mm. So Skip More kind of owns the top both half both top both oh. half the top of both halves. <sighs> this is a game that literally clawed its way to the top because when when I replay, I've I've played this game three times this year. Oh wow! I played yeah. it twice when it came out because, like, you can beat it. You, you get an item at the end and you beat, it, and it changes the ending just very subtly. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, so subtly that I didn't notice. It's literally <laughs> one dialogue box, oh. and there isn't even a visual. It's just what the fuck. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and and I replayed it uh, about uh, I think uh, two or three days before I finalized my list. Uh, which was back in like close to December first or so. Um, I sat down one night and just kind of replayed it, just to kind of like, is this where I'm feeling? Oh yeah, I definitely I'm feeling it here. And the thing is, um, it it this game just does what it sets out to do on a masterclass level. Um, I I would literally almost call this a perfect video game. 
The action is simple. It's fluid. It feels good. Uh, it's not a challenging game by any means, but it's punchy and feels good. Like, the action that's there. Like, I just love, like, slamming down on enemies with that downward stab. Oh, so and, like, good. the green yes. the green bits popping out and they suck into you. It's just... And 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 the 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 exploration is so well thought out. Uh, the world is designed so that you have to poke at it. You have to keep your eyes peeled, and it, 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 like almost literally everything is telegraphed in either a super smart way or just very generously. So that it's just like if you're just watching, if you're just aware. You're never going to get lost in this game, despite the fact that it like is like a bigger explorey kind of game um, for with what you t- than what you typically get from a skip more game. Um, uh, the game also has um, a, a, a climax and final area that just uh, fucking goes. <laughs> Um, like I was, I remember the first time playing this game, and then I was going into what, would, like I didn't know at the time, but what would ultimately be the final area. I was just kind of thinking, like, okay, like I, it's already been fun up to this point, but like if we don't wrap it up soon, like we're gonna kind of start feeling like we're just padding things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've done this thing that we've done now for for long enough. Like we either, we probably need to scooch on out, and you know call it a day and then that error that new area that i go into as if just replying to me in real time does something entirely fucking different fun and unique and i was just astonished that final fucking area is just like fucking shit dude it's like there's the it's like there's the falcom final dungeon and (laughs) instead of going for in which they which they don't do instead of like going for that it's more like going for maximum joy <laughs> yes yes it's just yeah oh for the my last God. area that just last what area you do that would bring you the most joy and, as a and, player like let's fucking do it yeah like it, it, it yeah hello it felt like say like sega arcade vibes like i'm cruising down the road and outrun and it just feels like so good oh god like, yeah there's some, there's some, maybe something like that. I don't know. Especially since I had the FM synth DLC. Yeah, the, oh, you don't play this game without the FM synth DLC. Like, so good. You need it's pay funny. the extra five bucks. Just get the get the FM synth. For some reason, when I hit the fourth area and it did that transition, that's the one point I actually changed back to the original soundtrack. And then for the second half of that area, I went back to FM synth to mm-hmm. give it a little more like transition. Ah, I see. I see. I thought that like the smoother tones of the original made more sense for that first part. I can see that. But in general, the FM synth soundtrack way. Oh, better. it's a it's a banger. It's, so, it's such a banger. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, uh, like like this game may not be like I don't like like Hollow Knight or Super Metroid levels of complexity mm-hmm. with layers and, and all of that, but it's so smart about how it spends its runtime that I I still feel it belongs in that company. Yeah, Maybe cool. that's just me. Um, but the reason I think that I had to give this game top billing is I literally can't think of a single complaint that I would levy against this game. <laughs> I, I the, looked the at... The better soundtrack is paid DLC. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> when I looked at... Like, when I sat down and I was, like, looking at the final composition of this list and I was juggling two and one, I was like, mm-hmm. these other nine games, like, I can think of a thing 
to complain about. If I look at Transaruby, even if I'm trying to nitpick, I can't think of anything. And that's what, like, it literally sits on top of my list because I, like, just on just raw merits, I did not play a better game this year. Like, it's just mm. the perfect game. Like, it's one of those for me. Like, it just it oh, yeah. did everything that it wanted to do, and it did it competently. It did it with competence, and it's like the kind of games I want to make where they okay. are a very solid and sure of themselves thing and it when it wraps up you just go yep that's that that is that thing and that mm -hmm. thing was confident and competent uh, and then like two years later you think of it in the shower and you smile and you sm exactly <laughs> yeah oh it's a good game and it's not so long that you just replay it <laughs> exactly like you can literally like i replayed this whole game in an afternoon had a yeah. good fucking time like this game earned its spot like this game like like i played it super early in the year and it just stuck with me like it was just like every every time i played a new game or something that was maybe even a little bit you know like in the same vein it was just like i don't know is it transfer ruby though like, <laughs> i think this game just this game just did something that i don't know like i i yeah. I might feel like to me, I feel that some people may l listen to this and feel like it's probably hyperbolic. Like maybe it's just like there's something here that maybe I'm just over talking it. Maybe a lot of people are going to play the game and just not fucking get it. Like, like mm -hmm. what's so what's the big deal? Like you collect little doodads and like the combat isn't challenging. It's not, you know, deep and layered like Hollow Knight. Like, like I like I get it. I get it. This is a very me thing, and this game just resonated this way with me for some reason. And it also opened that developer's other titles to me, which also ended up being a big part of games that I liked this year. So, yeah, cool. just I I don't know how I just don't know how anything could have topped Trans Ruby this year. It feels a little consonant with Fantasy Star Four for me, where it's like I can imagine somebody going back and playing this and being like, "What's what's the big deal? It doesn't have like." It, it doesn't like do all this other stuff we're kind of used to now, but mm -hmm. it's just like what's there is perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's just short and confident and perfect. Yeah. Popular oh, and me. perfect and so complete in every way. <laughs> Much like eggs. <laughs> Rhett, it is your turn. Oh, here, wait, 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 before we do Rhett's. Okay. Um, we can lay out how things stand in the count. All right, all right, all right. So you can see if Rhett's number one is going to break any of it. All right. So with four mentions, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, I, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. Ooh. With five mentions, Vampire Survivor, <laughs> and Chorus, the Piercing of Dark Moon Tower. <laughs> And then the one game with six mentions is Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Oh, I, I already would, put Elden Ring on my Matt list. I already had uh, Elden exactly. Ring. So. I was like, just, I was so like, the, when the last listener said chorus. Elden Ring, I was like, damn it, we almost had Elden Ring and Chorus. We died. almost had the Chorus <laughs> sweep. Almost had the Chorus sweep, but hey, Silver Medal, the fucking cor Chorus Piercing of Darkman Tower, you knocked it out of the park, Tom. Good job. Good year to be Thomas the Jetstorm 4L. Absolutely. 
All right, Rhett. Okay, so swinging back one. to honorable mentions, actually, is like the one genre game I did still play a lot of this year was like 2D action platformers, mm-hmm. and then none of them ended up on my list. But yeah, Trines of Ruby was the one that kind of stood above as like my favorite of them. It yes. was the one that almost made it on the list, but mm-hmm. then... I really like the big 40-hour JRPGs that make you cry at the end. <laughs> okay, so on the layout that you're all looking at, I put ret number one and then ret actual number one. I did yeah. see. I'm very curious what that means. I'm actually very tired, so we're going to skip the joke entry. Okay. Okay. No, tell us, tell us, tell us. Come on. Okay, come the on, joke on. entry was Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, get your tally out, John. I have a feeling you're going to need it for this next one. All right, are ready? you? I have no idea what this is, Red. I'm so ready. That was a joke. <laughs> uh, I'd, I've been thinking about this all year. For a year. How to bring this one up. Yeah, I think Polly uh, knows what's I coming. I know what this is now. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! Yes! Yes! Welcome to the Sox cast, everybody. Strap in. Yes! And if you're under 18, go home. If you're under 18, go home right <laughs> now. That, the joke and she was going to be like, okay, that's the end. Everybody leave now. Okay, did the normies leave? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we're all adults here. We are there, adults. There have been a lot of entries for chorus. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. John has Which is explicitly brands. pornographic, by the way. It, does, it, it isn't just like kind of naughty. Like It does have like full on porn cgs okay um john has talked about rants and like eventical a lot and alisoft in general absolutely nobody can throw stones here yep so i'm not bringing up anything that is unusual it's just maybe a little unusual for me yeah we have talked about my journey to the perfect video game (laughs) (laughs) rat does love explosions and by all accounts, using the metrics I've gathered, like the the story, the action, the RPG, the big thing, the big epics that make you cry at the end. Realistically, Trails of Cold Steel is that perfect culmination for me in the actual best game of the year. But if we are to go beyond the best, <laughs> if we are to transcend to a new, an entirely new genre entirely. What about an entire new dimension, a new reality, if you will? A better reality. <laughs> Rhett, you got to rip the bandage off and just say it at some point. My so game of the year, my number one. I'm so happy. I'm going to cry. That's where the cry comes in. We joked about this last year because I was playing this in November last year. I love that. Like, I love the it's end the of It's the game of the year in over a year at this point. Yeah, it's, it's wow. It's putting in extra time. So. My game of the year is quite Katsu. I guess. <laughs> I can't even say it. What's your game of the year again, Rhett? Could you repeat that? <laughs> Actually, I'm crying. Did he? I, did you get to a point? Did you ever think that you would get to this point and be able to just say it without this kind of reaction? Actually, I never truly wanted to think about what this what this moment would be. You just wanted to let it happen. I joked about it in GM. So I said so many times, my game of the year is Koikatsu. And no, then, okay, I knew. By doing it like that. I knew you were going to do it. Oh I just God. always wondered, like, like, I know Rhett. 
Red is kind of practicing those words, and then when it actually came to it, I started laughing. You just literally <laughs> fucking you pancaked like without getting the first syllable out. Uh, okay, Red, I'll say what is time, what is Koikatsu Party? So the main version is called Koikatsu on Steam. It's called Koikatsu Party. Okay. Um, okay. The title screen says something like 3D Love Simulation Game. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, it's one of those. It's a game where you have a character creator, mm-hmm. you make anime girls, mm-hmm. and then there is like a story mode and like the English translation rips it out entirely. Oh, wow. There's a character poser, and then there's also just a mode where you have sex with them. <laughs> <laughs> where you do what? You have sex. You have sex with anime girls. Yeah. Yes. Now, and right. this is also VR compatible. I was about to and say. Also the, and then the VR mode rips out story and the poser and is just a mode where you have sex with them. <sighs> I, your the, dream waifu to laifu is the, is the tagline on Steam. Uh, Goddamn, boy. Ain't that the truth? Goddamn. You spent a whole Thank fucking you, year Thank bringing you. his waifu to yeah. laifu. He's so many. <laughs> He probably got oh, more exercise than he did out of Ring Fit. <laughs> yeah, th- that was the joke, is where this is the game that actually made me lose weight. <laughs> I ain't played Ring Fit since fucking January. <laughs> we found the better exercise routine, folks. Oh my god. <laughs> so this is not a game I, I may have played this game basically every day. This is uh, so. the last year plus. Man. It's not, it's not been a literal every single day, but occasionally it's been more than once a day. So right. I Right, I think an average of like 400 sessions is probably that's, appropriate. Um, that's <gasps> to the point where I, I've hit some hard limits on myself. Oh my Jesus! On stamina, Christ. perhaps. <laughs> well, they say that VR it's harder to it's more physically demanding. It's more physically demanding. <laughs> I've got quite the setup here. I won't elaborate further on that. Are you sure? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Oh, I think this is the first porn game to be a number one. I thought, yeah, I, think, I, I think you broke the. I think you I you broke a new round. There was ch- there was a chance you would go hand in hand if Donna Donna even made your list. Oh. Rhett thought he had a comrade, and it would be easier if if, if yeah. John had said Donna Donna. If John had said that, that Rhett would have been whole free. Like, game of the year. If right. we could have had two porny game but, of the years, no, that would have been Rhett's transcendent. Got a, Rhett's now out here with his nuts in the wind by himself. Like, well, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to have the balls. To go, we got to go back and excise your previous game of the year and put uh, Eventicles number one. Yeah. It, it deserves it. Eventicles very good. It what actually was, does. What were, in, what were my two and one last year? I forget. Starry Flowers. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What was number two? Oh, I two, two was Hellsinker. God, Hellsinker is very good. Eventicle was last year. I thought Eventicle was and then, number no two. Two last year, number one was Starry Flowers. Number two was um, Hellsinker, and number three was Eventicle. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. Hellsinker was real good, and I didn't yeah. really care about Starry okay. Flowers at the time. All right. I well, don't know what else to say about this game other than I've had quite the time with it bringing... The like, future like, is here. The yeah. future is here. And like it's beautiful. The true future, though, is using this game to enhance a lot of the previous games on my list. <laughs> oh my... Yeah, there you go. Because when people are making characters from anime and video games, and 
occasionally importing the actual models into this. Dude, dude, there was a there was a Genshin Impact character that I I don't even know if the character was released yet. And no, there they was weren't. A, and there was there are, a model for her. There are characters from Genshin Impact getting brought into this game before they are officially in Genshin Impact. Yeah, Nilo oh. ended up in in in, in yeah. fucking. She ended up fuckable in Koikatsu before <laughs> she was in Genshin Impact. This game is the real impact. This is the real... I was just about to. There you go. <laughs> Why fucking spend money on Gasha uh, yeah, when, when you-, you could either just look at pictures of them online or go into VR and just fuck them yourself? <laughs> this is the perfect video game. I'm... <laughs> it is absolutely incompatible with trails. anything else. It is taken... The one video game. It has taken us eight years to reach peak fucking video games, but we finally did it, everybody. I remember John saying something to Funny MDB a few months ago of like, getting addicted to VR porn is very, uh, like, cliche, Mm -hmm. but I get you. But I get you. (laughs) It's like a cliche sci-fi premise. Yeah. 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 I will say, this is very funny. My dad was at a a museum. He did the Van Gogh VR art museum. And he told me, yeah, so I took off the thing and I, I... was that with my friend and I said, you know, I feel like there's a lot of potential with this technology for VR pornography. And I told him, Tad, they have that I got a friend that avenue for I sure. Got, I got a friend that fucks anime girls on the <laughs> daily. Got a friend. I got a friend who oh my God. thoroughly explored that technology and it sounds ma- magical. Because I remember a few, I knew about this game existing for a while, and I was always like scary to take the plunge because I knew it would be the most. Because I, because I remember when I got the PlayStation VR, it took literally one day till I was like, "Yo, you got porn on this thing," and then I bought Dead or Alive that day. And then that still, even that was enough to take over. Like that's softcore. It was still enough to take over your life for a little while. It's softcore, and I still six times on the first day. Oh, and like there are so many restrictions and like like that game never made a game of the year list because as a game it is fucking miserably terrible like grind wise <laughs> to get new swimsuits right, there's not much of a game here in Quicksilver either it's a the, piece of the fact that there is no game makes it better it's just it's just pure just go you don't have to unlock here anything for. there's no there's gotcha no fucking you bullshit just, you, you just it. make the character you <laughs> You open the game, you go to extras, you go to free H, boom. Ollie knows. I know. Ollie uh, knows. What talking about. Just, just doesn't have a VR headset. I don't have a VR headset, but I've, I've definitely looked at this. And all, for purely, 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 re, purely re, reasons related to research, of course. Of course, of course. I know both Iffy and Sayara use the poser a lot to make little To make, make their own OCs yeah. and stuff, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> We got a socks cast cover done in Koikatsu before, so. Oh my god, yeah. I I remember last time I used the poser that the next time I went into VR, it wouldn't open, and I had to reinstall the game, and I was like, I'm never fucking touching the poser again. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, just you're here for one thing, and then the game starts crashing repeatedly. I'm just like, like, no. The blue, the blue balls were just, like, intense. I'm like, being, like, VR, I don't know, there's something about it, like, it feels a little flimsy in VR, and you're just like, oh, I hope this doesn't go badly, I hope it doesn't crash, and like, you know, having your computer fucking blue screen when you boot it up is, like, horrifying. Oh, well, man, what if it blue screened while you were just, like, in the middle I of things? I think, 
that may have happened once. Oh, that would be. We're talking about a mood killer and a half. Yeah, because I think I, when reconnecting it, I put the USB in the wrong. Like it has to be. It's just very funny when you're talking about putting. Yes, I know. Putting the. The wrong hole. Oh, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> but I think I put it, the USB 3, in a USB 2, and it was like, or like a 2 and a 1 or something. Right. And like it does, wasn't getting enough power, and it just oh. shut off midway. And I was like, no! no. I'm, I, I'm so sorry to all the pure people out there that listen to this show right now. <laughs> listen, we're all perverts. If you, if you didn't Deep know that down, by now, if you didn't know that by now, <laughs> if you've listened to this show for any uh, decent amount of time, <laughs> Rhett, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for Thank putting you, this at your number one. I'm proud that people I, can just be who they fucking want, like, like who mm-hmm. you are. and just. Like, I think no. in general, extremely solid list on my part with all of the big 40 hour epics. Yeah. All of the Cold Steel at number two. You were right, and, though. Like, all of these games go big in the end. <laughs> the most like satisfying coming. climax of all, though, was the one that I've done over 300 times. <laughs> God, God, every, damn, every time we talk about smut games, it, we're getting that much closer to the reality where we're... Like me and Paul are just making smut We're going games. To, I mean, I'm going, I'm going to make a smut game at some point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The absolute horror of this game is that it has diminished all other smut for me, like, significantly. Oh. Where I did have to step back a little bit around September, mm-hmm. when I was just like, okay, dude, you can't play it every single time. And then, and then two <laughs> weeks later, it's like, all right, we're cured, let's go. 90% of the time, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> there you go. That's what I always say is just like every now and then just like do something without any any just go, go to town, exercise the imagination. And then that's enough for like the other 90, 95 percent of the time. Feel OK about it. Yeah, it's the one thing Last that could, Cold Steel was the one thing that could defeat Elden Ring. And then fucking Koikatsu is the one thing that could defeat Elden Ring, the, the Cold Steel. <sighs> Red, I think that might be the best game of the year list we've ever done. I don't think that I, 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 I man, I know last year's was really strong, but yeah, this year's, I think we kind of did it again. We, I think we've actually managed to top ourselves and Rhett managed to top himself off over 300 times. <laughs> Beautiful. Transfer right. is a really good number one pick, Polly. That totally blindsided me. Great I job. Mean, yeah, I think we all did good. We all did good for ourselves. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I guess that with 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 that said, can we get like one last rundown of everybody's ten to one, starting with John? Yep, and going last with Red. Yes, number ten. Number all right. My number ten was Franken. My number nine was Fantasy with a PH at the beginning and an IE at the end. My number eight was Chorus Piercing of Dark Moon Tower. My number seven was Azure Striker Gunvolt. My number six was Xenosaga Episode One Dervila Zermacht. My number five was Baldur's Gate. My number four was Blue Revolver. My number three was Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure. My number two was Fantasy Star Four, and my number one was Planescape Torment. My I also num- played the oh. I also played the DOS version of Fantasy, um, the the number nine pick. Like gotcha. the 
there's other versions that have way prettier art, but you have to use the mouse to do everything. If you play on DOS, then you can just, it's literally like arrow keys and enter. And it's like enter and escape. And it's so fast. You can just chew through fights so quick. Mm. It feels so snappy and good. And I did not get that trying to play the, the later releases like on Amiga and whatnot. Gotcha. Um, my number 10, Franken. My number nine, Behind the Frame. My number eight, Corpse Factory. Number seven, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Number six, Faerun 2. Number five, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Number four, I, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. Number three, Trails from Zero. Number two, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And my game of the year is Transruby. Ret. Okay, I'm going to skip the numbers. Tales of Berseria, I, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, The House in Fata Morgana, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I, didn't, I only just realized they both have Chronicles right there. <laughs> Half-Life Alex, Scarlet Nexus, Elden Ring, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 1 through 4, and Koikatsu. <laughs> And that will once again wind down another year of celebrating games with all of our wonderful friends. I want to give a special thank you to Rhett, who, if it wasn't for him, these shows wouldn't run as smoothly as they do. He does all the heavy lifting and getting the list sorted and the show in order. So without him, this doesn't work. Thank you, Rhett. Everybody thank Rhett. Thank you, you, Rhett. Appreciate it. And, and the and, 34 people that submitted. And the entry. 34 people that submitted. And John, I, thank you. Uh, and of course, uh, this, 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 this show isn't the spectacle without our dear listeners and uh, our list, our, so, our list so contributors. It's so, fun every year. it's so, 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 so awesome uh, that you all have come out every time. And it's just always a but I can't wait till we do it again next year. Let's make it 40. Let's do it. We've been Fuck here. Yeah. We've been here for seven hours recording this now. So, um, <laughs> to let you know where we're at, my throat is on fire. But um. before we sign off for the year, uh, I do have a little bit of announcement to make with regards to the show. Uh, this is going to be our last episode for a bit. Uh, after the first of the year, we're going to take two or three months uh, to kind of recharge. Uh, to get get a feel for the show again, and 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 I think after eight years of doing this pretty regularly, uh, I think a bit of a break is in order. Um, so we'll still be around the community, obviously, and when we'll and, and like I'll be streaming games and stuff still. That none of that's going to change, and I know that like I in particular just need a break from podcasting, uh, and I think that'll get us set up right and and, and get us in a much better. Uh, position moving forward so we appreciate your patience and understanding but we'll be back make no mistakes this show is still some of the most fun i have online uh it's just a hey, give us a little bit we'll get back to you um and uh hey be sure to stop by our community discord um there are lots of ways you can get in touch with us either on twitter or you know wherever you can find a link uh on the site uh, to get there too uh so yeah if you if you want to stay in touch with us or find out what we're doing um but yeah the show will we'll, we'll, we'll be back so we'll catch you in a two or three months on the podcast front um john thire where can the internet folks find you 
um, farawaytimes.itch.io. I helped put out six games this year, <laughs> including Gardens of Vextra, which just Kate, which is a compilation of eight games by the Vextra community. Uh, we just put that out um, three days, two days ago, um, currently, but like two weeks ago by y'all's time. Um, it includes a game, um, eight games by eight different community members that absolutely go hog wild. It's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. Definitely go play it. Right. And John also made <clears throat> Licorice Recoil his most popular yeah, game. Yeah, his most popular uh, Sox game. Ca- the well. Sox cast game of the year. It got, it got um, at least two. two it got, mentions. Yeah, it got yeah. at least two. So. Yeah, yeah. Two mentions. So like above above several others above pokemon arceus and sonic frontiers is <laughs> and god of war ragnarok i i is I, I enjoyed seeing that one kind of win the little informal poll because i think of yeah. the individual games i put out this year uh it kind of came down to like licorice recoil and breathless for me and licorice recoil mm-hmm. was the one that was like a lot of new for to me stuff i really like how it turned out cool cool um, and I will be releasing a new game after the first of the year called Synchronize. Ooh. Be on the lookout Ooh. for it. Um, world yeah. premiere right here. World premiere. Boom. Announcement. Like the Game Awards. I, I, I ideally want to just put it out January 3rd, but I don't know if that's going to happen because you just never know how the world's going to go. But the game's mostly done, <laughs> so I expect to be able to have it out shortly after the new year. That will be, again, Fuck yeah. game's called cool. Synchronize. Uh, and it'll be awesome. Uh, you can also find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead where I do all of my dumb VTuber stuff. Uh, and that's going to wrap us for the year 2022. We love you all very much. Stay safe. We hope you have a great rest of your holiday season. If you do celebrate, if not, we hope you just have a nice rest of your year and we hope that the next year treats you as well as you treat others around you. And with that said, We are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.